0: Turn it on and rip the knob off.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. We're at episode number 69. Hey, I like that number. And as I said, welcome back to the 1987 Project. We're now in March of 1987 in the WWF, counting down the weeks, no, the days until WrestleMania 3. And what a monster show we have planned for you! It's going to be the Grenades WrestleMania 3 Definitive Edition, coming in just a few weeks' time. And I'd like to apologize for last week, guys. We had planned to get this episode out last week, but unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans. There are certain times of the day that I can record, and during that time of the day, well, we had no power. And so while I already had about 80% of the show recorded, there was still a little bit I needed to get done, and I wasn't able to do it in the time allotted. And rather than put out a half-assed edition of The Grenade, I, I bumped it back a week, and instead, I hope you guys enjoyed it, three new episodes of The Grenade I put up over the weekend. Yes, episodes 66, 67, and 68. We went back in time. I pulled some shows from our Patreon account over at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Part of that $5 all-access tier in the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series. You guys got treated to just a few of the shows we've done over there on Patreon, including WCW's World War III, the inaugural edition back in 1995, Super Brawl 6, 1996 Double Steel Cage, two main events inside the Steel Cage, and last but not least, episode 68, I put out not one, not two, but a trifecta of Coliseum Video Classics, the best of the WWF Volume 3, 4, and 5, over five hours of goodness on that episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed those and just give you a little taste of some of the things we've done over on Patreon as well. But we're back at it here in the 1987 and the WWF Project, and if you are a Patreon member subscribing at that $5 all-access tier or any of the higher tiers over at Patreon, You were treated to a sneak peek of this episode last week. An early drop of the Saturday night's main event portion of this episode of The Grenade was put up on Patreon last week. Just one of the many perks of being a Patreon member. You get early access to many of the podcasts. And as a reminder, you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network on WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met. Apple, Spotify, Google Pod, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Audible on Amazon, iHeartRadio, so many more. And of course, you can follow us on the Wrestling Memory Grenade on Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Grenade, home of the free prize giveaway. Also follow and like us on Facebook.com slash Grenade. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and or Facebook for your chance to enter and win all future free prize giveaways, including our current giveaway, a special double edition of the giveaway. Winners of our next free prize giveaways will be announced as part of that WrestleMania Three definitive edition of the Grenade coming up in just a few weeks. And the two prizes we're giving away? First, a special Ricky the Dragon Steamboat autographed 8x10 promo pick of his time as Intercontinental Champion. That's right, you guys can own for free. An autographed 8x10 of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat holding that IC title belt. Also, prize number two giving it away? A special autograph promo pick of the Hockey Tonk Man is IC champion as well. I put pictures of both of these up on our social media accounts, so go check those out, Twitter and Facebook. Names will be pulled at random, and all you have to do in order to enter and win, again, follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. Follow and like us on Facebook.com slash Grenade. Your chance to win. It's that simple. And make sure you stop on over to our YouTube channel, And you can find us there at youtube.com slash wrestling grenade. Lots of fun videos up over there and more being added every week. And I talked about it at the top of the show, but let's talk about it again just real quickly here. Now is a great time to be a patron, a WrestleCopia patron, that is. It's our revamped and all new WrestleCopia Podcast Network Patreon account, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That's patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. A dozen tiers to choose from. But that $5 all-access tier, it gets you six gifts, guys. All of our insanely detailed show notes for both the Grenade Show, as well as our sister show, Monday Warfare, The Battles Within. Early access to many of our podcasts. I was just talking about that a little bit ago. Listen days, sometimes even a week before the rest of the listeners get the show. Also up there, many unedited versions of our podcast, including Tom Robinson's TR Shocks the World. And if you've listened to any of our last three episodes of The Grenade, episodes 66, 67, 68, as I just mentioned, you've had a sample of our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, also part of that $5 all-access tier. We cover tons of WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday night's main events, Flair vs. Steamboat Hate, Clash of the Champions 6, and so much more. Plus, now you'll get remastered versions of the earliest episodes of the Wrestling Memory Grenade covering the NWA In 1989, what do I mean by remastered? Well, enhanced sound quality and new content. Originally edited out of the show, edited right back in. And we've added that sixth gift I've been talking about. That's right, six gifts, $5. Added to the tier now even more for your money. It's digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And we'll be adding new digital downloads at the beginning or end of every month of your subscription. And all of that, guys, all of that for the low, low price of just $5, early access to the shows, insanely detailed show notes, Patreon-exclusive watch-alongs, remastered episodes with new content, digital downloads, and so much more. And here's the best part. No subscription. You can cancel any time. Give it a go for a month, and I think you'll like the content we offer. And remember this. Each and every penny goes right back in to the podcast network. So please help us pay some of the bills to keep the Wrestling Memory Grenade Monday Warfare, they're returning TR Shocks the World, and our upcoming brand new territory based podcast up and running for the years to come. And with all of that out of the way, I appreciate your patience waiting last week. I hope you guys enjoyed all the free gifts from Patreon that we gave to you over the weekend, but we are back at it. It's March 1987 in the WWF, and it's time for a little news. As we get rolling here, we learned that the Saturday night's main event taping. Tape back February 21st in Detroit, Michigan, scheduled, originally scheduled to air on March 7th, was postponed. Apparently, an Easter Seals telethon was going to preempt in many of the major markets on March 7th, so NBC wisely moved the Saturday Night's Main Event program back a week so they'd be on virtually all of the affiliates leading into WrestleMania three. Saturday Night's Main Event, originally scheduled for March 7th, now will air on March 14th. And I should note, We're going to cover that right here in the main event of this episode of The Grenade, so stay tuned. And speaking of heading into WrestleMania, here's the latest on WrestleMania 3 news. As we go back to the March 16th edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, DeMelt says as of March 9th, approximately 71,000 tickets had been sold to the live WrestleMania show at the Pontiac Silverdome which makes it the largest crowd ever to witness a live pro wrestling show in North America. This breaks the record of about 69,400 tickets sold to the August 28th, 1986 show in Toronto's Exhibition Stadium featuring WWF champion Hulk Hogan defending against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So it appears Titan will indeed sell out the Silverdome. Close to 90,000 seats here, says Meltzer, which would gross in the $2 million range and plans are already being made to open up additional closed-circuit seating at a downstairs building within the Silverdome. Meltzer says he's told that WrestleMania will be in 166 closed-circuit locations, down from about 220 last year, but it will be available in nearly 6 million homes for pay-per-view. Let's keep that in mind. Judging by how they've done in the past and taking into account a few less pay-per-view households because of the 1995 price for pay per view this year, as opposed to the $10 to $15 range last year. So, so WrestleMania 3, just a few bucks more than WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 hovered around 10 to 15 bucks This year, WrestleMania 3, oh, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. That gigantic price tag of $20. Anywho, Demeltz guesstimates that the WWF will wind up in about the 500,000 or so pay per view homes, which adds up to a staggering $10 million right there. Wow. And that plays into a lot. And we'll talk about that as part of that WrestleMania 3 Definitive Edition coming up. Meltzer also speculates that the closed circuit crowds will likely be a little lower than expected because of the increased pay-per-view ability, plus the fewer locations than last year. Duh. And listen to this one. Ringside tickets for WrestleMania are being scalped, not sold, scalped, for about $150 in 1987 money. You guys ready for this? In 2022 money, that's $380. Scalped ringside tickets to WrestleMania three for $380 in today's money. Unbelievable. It's also noted that the closed-circuit telecast in Toronto sold 12,000 tickets the first day they went on sale. Besides the United States and Canada, WrestleMania will air in Australia, Japan, and in some European locations. We move ahead a week to the March 23rd edition of The Observer. The latest on WrestleMania continues to be impressive for the most part. Now listen to this because this becomes important in the weeks to come here. On The Grenade, Meltzer says on March 23rd that WrestleMania has sold 78,500 tickets as of March 16th, which is 9,500 shy of a sellout with two weeks left before the card at the Silverdome. So a sellout at this point is a certainty which would make WrestleMania the largest live crowd for any indoor event ever in North America and probably anywhere, because I don't think there's a larger indoor stadium in the world, says Demelts. The old record was something like 87000 for a sold-out Rolling Stones concert at the Superdome in New Orleans. Dave then digs a little deeper for these comments. He says, do you realize that those midgets, those midgets, Dave, huh, are going to look like small specks of dust from the majority of the seats in the arena? No word at all on pay-per-view, but I'm sure it'll be successful. Most sources indicate that closed-circuit tickets aren't going well at present. But if you recall with the past two WrestleManias, both, with two weeks to go, looked as if they'd be in trouble on the closed-circuit side of things. The first one popped in the wake of massive publicity in the final week heading into WrestleMania 1. The second one was by and large a disappointment outside of a few spots like Ontario, Michigan, and California. Think about that. Ontario, Michigan, very successful last year, and now here we are, WrestleMania three in the Detroit area. Meltzer goes on to say, Unlike last year, however, I don't think they'll need particularly strong closed-circuit response to make it worthwhile for the following reasons. One, the live gate in Pontiac will be in excess of $2 million, double that of the combined gate at the three live shows last year. Two, pay-per-view will be available in 50% more homes this year in 1987, so it'll almost surely be more profitable than last year. Three, the number of performers, both wrestlers and celebrities, are way down, so there is less cost for talents. And finally, four, Dave says, it has to be cheaper broadcasting the entire show in one feed from one location than two feeds because of the time zone differences and from three locations. Remember last year, Chicago and New York both shot the New York feed version, then over on the West Coast, the Los Angeles version. Well, the matches in LA aired first, and then they aired the New York and Chicago feeds. Meltzer goes on to say that in Ontario, which inexplicably is bananas over this stuff, bias Meltzer, has sold out almost every location, including 12,000 seats at the Maple Leaf Gardens which sold out in less than two days. 12,000 tickets to the Maple Leaf Gardens to watch WrestleMania on a big screen. Sold out in two days, guys. Was Toronto hot for the product in this era? I think so. Meltzer says there are other cities hot as well, but the majority aren't. Madison Square Garden, for instance, has sold only 1,000 tickets as of this weekend. Nevertheless, this entire WrestleMania package should grow somewhere between 17 and $20 million, which puts it on par with the biggest closed-circuit boxing extravaganza of all time. WrestleMania getting to go right up there with the biggest boxing matches in history. And lastly, as far as WrestleMania news goes this week, it appears Samantha Fox, the British pop rocker and former nude model, canceled her appearance for WrestleMania 3. Originally, she was going to present the crown to the winner Of the Harley Race and Junkyard Dog match. Meltzer then speculates if the King's crown is still on the line for the matchup because, at the most recent set of TV tapings, Harley Race was still wearing his King garb, even though Meltzer was sure that Dog was going to get the win at WrestleMania. DeMeltz goes on to say, If Harley Race does win at WrestleMania, I expect we won't be seeing the Junkyard Dog anymore. Well put, Dave. And we move on to, oh my. Haven't had to do this in quite a long time. Missy Hyatt? Missy Hyatt here. Headed to the World Wrestling Federation, believe it or not. Yes, Missy was here for a cup
0: of coffee, Uh aha.
1: First from the Observer, Missy Hyatt is the top candidate in the running to take over Piper's Pit. When Roddy Piper retires later this month, the tentative Titan plan is for Missy to take over with Hyatt's House. Shortly after the retirement of the Hot Rod, although there will be several details which may or may not have been completely worked out at present. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, the significant other of Missy Hyatt at the time, however, is definitely going to stay with the UWF and recently took over as the new booker. Now, that was Dave Meltzer's version of what went down with Missy Hyatt heading in to the World Wrestling Federation. Now, here is what Missy had to say about this in a shoot interview. She said, that despite the fact that both herself and Eddie Gilbert were under contract to Bill Watts' UWF promotion, they agreed to a meeting with Vince McMahon in Connecticut. It appears that Vince took an immediate liking to Hyatt, imagine that, and spent most of the meeting discussing what her plans would be in the company. She was going to be a huge star, complete with her own Missy dolls. For sale? Would that be blow-up dolls? Or, never mind. It's at that point Missy said that Eddie Gilbert almost became an afterthought. Hyatt would have the prime spot interviewing WWF superstars with her own talk show segment. Missy referred to the meeting with Vince McMahon being semi-successful. It appeared that both Gilbert and Missy were headed up north. Enter Bill Watts, the owner of the UWF, the company that Eddie and Missy were currently working for. Bill knew the importance and the talent of Eddie Gilbert as part of his company, so he offered to make Eddie the head booker of the UWF if he agreed to stay. And if you guys know Eddie Gilbert, his ambitions were always to be in charge of booking. He loved being the booker. He wanted that book. So Bill Watts knew what it took to get Eddie to agree to stay and gave him the job of head booker. Eddie Gilbert stays with the UWF. Missy Hyatt, on the other hand, was on her way off to the WWF to replace Piper's pit with Missy's Manor. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Missy Hyatt in Missy's Manor. And we're going to talk about the train wreck that was Missy's Manor later in this episode of The Grenade. In fact, I have sound bites coming up when we get to the tapings results later in this episode. We'll take a look at what the first batch of Missy's Manor tapings looked like. Spoiler alert, it's not pretty. But before we get to those sound bites, we'll talk a little bit more about Missy's Manor right here and right now in the news section. And a week before WrestleMania 3, during a series of television tapings to be aired at the end of April. Missy Hyatt debuted her new talk show, not Hyatt's house, Dave, no, no, Missy's Manor. A very expensive-looking penthouse-like setup for Missy Hyatt, Missy's Manor appeared to be something very different and unique to that era of the WWF, because Missy would prance in with skin-tight leather dresses and pumps, showing off her cleavage and a whole lot of leg. It was the WWF's first full-fledged attempt at TNA and sex appeal here. The talk show episodes, however, were a disaster from the very beginning. First, no real build-up introducing who Missy Hyatt was to the WWF fans. She was just kind of thrown out there, and fans, they really weren't quite sure what to make of her. Missy playing a a sort of a baby face here on the first set of tapings, she didn't have too many female fans coming out the way she was dressed, and the rest, you know, there were some whistles, there were also some catcalls. But in general, it didn't appear Hyatt was getting over and secondly, and this one, this is hard to ignore, and we'll listen to this later on. Like I said in the show, a soundbite of this: Missy introduces her show by mispronouncing her own show's name. Instead of calling it Missy's Manor, she refers to the show as Welcome to Missy's Manners. Welcome to Missy's Manners. So instead of Missy's Manor, M A N O R, it was Missy's Manners, M A N N E R S. And when you get a gander of some of the interviews Missy has, the uncomfortableness of everyone involved, even some of the best talkers in the business, it was clearly obvious every segment was ad lib, just thrown out there, no thought put into anything, no real conversation to be had, just very sloppy, and it didn't make Missy or any of the wrestlers she was interviewing look any better. In fact, the segments were so bad, they never actually aired on WWF TV. Now, when I, Ray Russell, personally asked Missy Hyatt About her brief stint with the WWF, she had this to say. She said, What a waste of time for everyone. I was green. The concept was not well thought out. I was not allowed to be Missy, but instead I was a not well thought out vision. They soured on me quickly. I lost my only opportunity in the WWE. Now, Missy's also done some shoot interviews and discussed this in the past as well. She's talked about not being allowed to be Missy. What she means there is they wanted her initially to be a babyface. Missy? openly admits she's not a babyface. She's a heel character. Also, Missy at this point had never done any work conducting interviews. Now she was put in the limelight to replace Roddy Piper as an interviewer here in the WWF. Up until this point, Missy Hyatt had only been an on-air character, a manager, and a heel manager at that. And Missy also admitted here to me, as well as in other shoots, that she admits in 1987 she was still green to the business. She would have liked have a few more years and some of the other promotions before being called up to the WWF. She calls this her one and only opportunity. When it didn't work out, they offered her a job, believe this or not, as a federette. One of those ladies around ringside that took the attire backstage. Missy gawked at that, insulted by the offer she went back to be with her man Eddie Gilbert. She said she was told that she was leaving on good terms and the door was always open for her return. However, she said she must have upset Vince. Because when she came calling back, the job wasn't there. And that's the story of the very short-lived Missy's Manor, which was to replace Roddy Piper. They say that no man could replace Roddy Piper. Well, they were going to do it with a woman instead. The plan was Missy Hyatt. It didn't work out. She does a set of tapings here in March. We'll listen to a little bit of that later on. Fast forward when we get to April, a few more sound bites of a second take on Missy's Manor. Missy then portraying a heel interviewer. Neither seems to work out, and it's over before it starts, and the only real proof that Missy's Manor was to exist was in a summer edition of the WWF Magazine, I believe the July edition. There's a write-up in a lovely picture of Missy Hyatt and fur, touting the brand new Missy's Manor talk show, which had to confuse a lot of fans because it never made air. And that's the story of Missy Hyatt in the WWF. And we move on with more news, a little here and there, guys. Titan won't be promoting any live shows except for WrestleMania from the dates of March 23rd through April 20th. Actually, incorrect there, Dave. There's one tour that's going to be going on from April 7th through the 17th in Canada, though for the most part, all of the rest of the talent will have the first few weeks of April off following WrestleMania. Also on March 27th, Several of the WWF wrestlers will appear on Friday night videos. If anybody has a copy of that, please hit me up. I'd love to see it. As we move on, we got a couple of notes here for Hulk Hogan. First, on a sad note, it's reported here in March of 1987 that Hulk Hogan and wife Linda lost their first child, Linda, having a miscarriage, which is always unfortunate. Also here noted Hulk Hogan will be awarded the key to the city of Philadelphia by the mayor on March 20th. How do you like that, brother? And everybody's going to love this. Coming up in April, Hulk Hogan and other WWF superstars will have ice cream bars for sale in their likeness. Ice cream bars coming to the WWF in April of 87. I wonder how those things are going to do. And we talked about this one just a few episodes ago. Coming up on March 15th, it's the Frank Tunney Memorial Tag Team Tournament at the Maple Leaf Gardens. And the first round has been put together. Listen to this one. Here in the first round, it's the Killer Bees to take on Kamala and Sika. Bob Orton and Don Morocco team up to take on Paul Orndorff and King Kong Bundy. Wow, heels versus heels. Also, the Can-Am Connection, scheduled to go against the U.S. Express. However, Mike Rotunda gone, so it's going to be Dan Spivey teaming with a mystery partner. Mystery partner, a.k.a. Jerry Allen. Uh, We had a heel versus heel match, now a babyface versus babyface match and last but not least in the first round the british bulldogs taking on the newcomers demolition the winners of the tournament will then face the Hart foundation for the tag team titles later in the night after a 20 minute rest period Demelt says an interesting note is that nightheart faces trial the next day in pittsburgh and that a video cassette of the tournament is also planned so some are thinking title change now dave i don't know who told you a video cassette was planned because these matches make it to primetime pretty fast. And over on the Neidhart front, no worries there either. And our last bit of news here before we jump into the results section of this episode, Andre the Giant news from the Saturday night main event tapings. It's noted that Andre's first in-ring appearance since August of 86, Dave says Andre looked bad, of course, but better than expected. Andre has undergone extensive therapy on his back and looked to have dropped considerable weight as his arms, legs, and gut were much smaller than they were six months ago when he left wrestling. It's reported that Andre will continue wearing his giant machine outfit, the black singlet, moving forward to hide his back brace, which apparently Andre needs to wear at all times at this point. And that'll wrap it up for news this week. March news out of the way. Moving on to show results for March of 1987. A reminder that we don't necessarily cover all show results, but we do cover the majority of them, the vast majority. Any cards I may find interesting, anything I might have sound bites for, of course, the TV tapings, interesting matchups, interesting pairings and tag teams, all kinds of things like that. We're going to cover March of 87 in that respect. And of course, as always, I've compiled results from various sources, including the history of WWE.com, thanks to Richard Land and company there, as well as my own group of results I've been gathering since, oh, go back, say, maybe almost 35 years now. And a special thank you to the late, great Jim Zorzani the Clawmaster. spent a lot of time researching and sorting through old results with Jim way back in the day. That said, I've compiled the most complete list of results to work from here, but I encourage you guys, the listeners at home, to stop on over to the history of WWE.com and pull up the 1987 results, have some fun, and scroll along with me. It is the fastest and easiest way to keep up with me as I run through these results. Wrestlemania 3 in just a month, guys, four weeks away from Wrestlemania. We're going to look at March wrestling results featuring the first three weeks of events here. The WWF taking their final week of March off in between their final set of TV tapings and Wrestlemania 3. But we have three weeks of house show results, including, listen to this, four TV tapings. Remember the WWF taking several weeks off in April? They're getting all of their TV tapings out of the way for the month of April and leading into May. And don't you guys worry, we'll be talking about all four TV tapings, as well as many of the other house shows that took place here in March, including many sound bites from many of your favorite WWF superstars. So let's get rolling with March 1st, 1987, the WWF headed to Landover, Maryland, and the Cap Center. Take a look at some of the matches here Steve Lombardi over CBA. Well, that's interesting. Danny Spivey defeating Demolition in a handicap match. Well, now, wait a minute. I got to get a second opinion on this one. Danny Spivey, no partner to be found. They couldn't just pull Sivioffi back in there. Spivey getting a win over both Axe and Smash Demolition in a handicap match? I wonder how he did that one.
2: It plays a little howdy duty on your coconut. Oh!
1: Oh wow, we haven't used that soundbite in quite a while. Seemed like as good a time as any. Also on the Landover card, the Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation over the Killer Bees. And Randy Savage teaming with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff over the team of Ricky's Steamboat and George the Animal Steel. Wow. The team of Savage and Orndorff. I can only imagine. And more action on the 1st of March as well in Vineland, New Jersey at the High School Gym. I was like looking at these sea shows here. We don't have results, but I do have the list of matches that apparently took place here in Vineland. It's Salvatore Belomo scheduled to go against Jim Powers. Not sure if that took place, because I think Belomo might be gone by this point. I'll have to go look and see. Tom McGee taking on the Red Demon. Brad Riggins versus Dave Barbie. Wow, blast from the past. Coco Beware up against Frenchie Martin. And the Dream Team against the Islanders. And in the main event of this C-Show here, Tito Santana squaring off against Butch Reed. Interesting card. Looking for results for that show. Also looking for results of the St. Paul, Minnesota show at the Civic Center. Also on March 1st. Listen to this lineup. King Kong Bunny against Dick Slater. Blackjack Mulligan taking on Sika. The Can-Am Connection up against Sheik and Volkov. Roddy Piper supposedly teaming with the Junkyard Dog. Wonder if he made it. Taking on the duo of Adrian Adonis and the King Harley Race. Also, WWF champion Hulk Hogan back in Minnesota. Billy Jack Haynes in his corner taking on the Mighty Hercules with Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan in his corner. Here's the interesting part. I don't know if you guys remember this. We talked about this last month. This is a return matchup. With Hogan facing Hercules in a chain match. And I do believe, I do believe there's a couple of pictures out there from this matchup. But I digress. We roll on WWF Peoria, Illinois, and we do have some sound bites coming up here at the Civic Center for March 2nd. On the undercard, it was Paul Roma getting a little revenge on Steve Lombardi. Remember that TV attack from a couple months back? But we've got a couple of other matches on the card. We got some sound bites for those. First, Jake the Snake Roberts taking on the Ugandan headhunter, Kamala. Let's listen first to The Wizard. Take it away, King Curtis.
3: Back in Peoria at the Civic Center, Monday night, March the 2nd. Phenomenal, phenomenal World Wrestling Federation action. Right now, I'd like to bring in, if I may, The Wizard, The Wizard. Ah! Oh, no! And Kamala, along with Kim Chi Kamala. I mean, ah! Jake the Snake hello, Roberts. Hello. In Peoria on The 2nd, Wizard.
2: Take his mask off, Kim Chi! Take a look at this man, oh, Mean J. Look at this man, Mean Jade! That is exactly what Darian Jake Roberts' snake is going to do.
3: I believe that's Damien, but that's okay, Wizard. I'm not going to argue with
2: you. Whatever snake he brings... Kamala! Look at the size of the man's mouth! He can swallow it like those snakes swallow a chicken or a rat! Because Kamala, in his pursuit for Hulk Hogan, is going to chew on that snake before he puts Jake Roberts on a stretcher! I, I can see Aloo, missionaries Aloo. dripping off his lips. Hello, hello hello! Pull it right back over here, Kim J This
1: is the man! Oh, oh. All right, King Curtis and Kimchi bringing the mighty Kamala to Peoria to take on this man, Mean Jean standing by. Oh, listen to this promo, guys. A really fun one here. With Jake the Snake Roberts.
3: Come on out if you would, Jake Roberts. Jake, here at Peoria at the Civic Center, Monday night, March the second. How did you get yourself into this kind of a mess? Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter of all people.
4: Well if I thought about the consequences of what I do, it'd take all the fun out of doing something wrong, now wouldn't it, huh? Yeah, I uh, mean Kamala people say why, I say why not.
3: If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best, right? But, but, a man 400 pounds plus and the DDT, I just don't... It, it doesn't make any sense. You don't think it'll work, huh? What he doesn't do you, think it'll work. What He's hoping
4: I, it won't work. What's the gain? Everything. Everything. You must consume, you must keep going. You gotta reach out there and take what you want. I don't have to do what you have to do. I don't have to pick up the easy ones. I pick up the toughest ones. I get what I want that way, though. See, that's how you get ahead in this business. You reach out and take things. Yeah. And I got something for him, too. Something what? long and something what? hard. It'll come out of a bag.
3: Oh, the snake, yeah. the, snake. Yeah,
4: the snake. You know, yeah. uh, you say that I picked oh, the easy ones.
3: I've picked a couple of tough ones. Yeah, my you day. picked
4: one for Peoria. i seen her. she got a mustache, a little bit darker than yours, though. Yeah, Peoria, nice place. Cold City, Black Tuesday happened in Peoria.
1: Did
3: you hear about that? I heard about that. Peoria Civic Center, Monday night, March the second. All
1: right, and the Snake Man says he has something long and something hard. Mean Gene is definitely back in the interview segments. No offense to Ken Resnick, who I I had no problem with. I didn't mind Ken Resnick leading these interviews, but Mean Gene just in a whole other world. Again, having a little fun here. Jake having a little fun. Something long and hard, but it comes from a bag. I'm surprised he didn't say it came from a sack. And uh, I don't, I don't know how much longer we'll be able to get away with these type of promos, but I appreciate them while they're here. The result of this match sees Jake Roberts battle Kamala to a double count out here in Peoria, and then to the main event. It's the team of Roddy Piper and the Junkyard Dog taking on the team once again of Harley Race and Adrian Adonis. We're going to hear from both sides. First, the adorable Adrian, and then from the Hot Rod.
3: All right, the World Wrestling Federation returns here to Peoria, here at town at the Civic Center, Monday night, March the 2nd. Get your tickets in advance. I guarantee you the who's who in the World Wrestling Federation will be here, including these. Ge- uh, ge- well, whatever. Come on in, <laughs> if you would. Adrian Adonis teaming up with the King of Wrestling Harley Race, Jimmy Hart to go against the Junkyard Dog and Rowdy Roddy Piper.
5: That's right, baby, and don't forget, baby, don't forget Piper, Jimmy Hart, and Bobby Heenan will be at ringside. Is that a promise? That's or is a that promise, a threat, Daddy? Okay, whatever. Yes.
3: Uh, Adrian Adonis, uh, your thoughts on this tag team, but I know there's little or no love lost between Piper and yourself
6: <laughs> Oh, Roddy Piper, you're a real genius You go out and get yourself JYD A man, a man's parents they named this guy JYD They couldn't find a name for him, so JYD A guy that likes fire hydrants, a guy that grunts and grows and eats bones A real tough human being You always need somebody to defend yourself Just like when you took the baseball bat and hit the flowers Well, you know, something do unto others before they do unto you. So I have to go to get the king of wrestling, Mr. Holly Race, a man that has a lot of experience. Now you have to listen to a wise man. The man that's been around for a while, you listen to him, that's wise. He's beneficial. He can help the adorable one. Well, Mr. Adonis and Mr. Race is sort of like the rat race, and that's what it's going to be for Roddy Piper and JYD. All right,
3: thank you. Jimmy Hart, a little tip for you. Keep your hands to yourself, will you, pal? Peoria Civic Center, Monday night, March the 2nd. What a card. Jake the Snake Roberts to meet the Ugandan headhunter, Kamala. Affectionately known to some as tons of fun, but that's neither here nor there. Come on in if you win, Roddy Piper please. Roddy, welcome back to Peoria. Hi. I have heard
6: from reliable we, we sources... To
4: tons of fun, huh? <laughs> to, to some, yeah. not to me.
6: I suppose not. I tell you, probably you will that snake won't scare him at all, no. That's just like being at home for Kamala. Yeah.
3: You <laughs> and the junkyard dog, yeah. according to my sources, are going to be going against the king and the... quick. Well,
6: uh, Adrian Adonis and Harley Race. Adrian Adonis. Yes, friends. <laughs> you see, Adrian, all this time, you've been dipping and dodging and hiding. You've been talking big and you've been doing things with his pet- He's Talking about his pet- petunias. He talks about all kinds of big stuff. He talks about how I killed this daffodil. <laughs> oh, did I kill your Willow daffodil. What about the lilacs? <laughs> the uh, <I> lilacs. <laughs> the poor. Why that I okay? can't you see so he figured he'd hide behind the king of professional wrestling Mr. Harley Race so I went out and I got myself somebody who doesn't necessarily like me but at least his name is a Junkyard Dog he ain't very bright but he comes with a chain you see he ain't here to hear me he don't know what I'm gonna say and he's loyal you see so what we got here is we got a mother that just wants to beat people with a chain we got me and we got. Thank, King thank and you, Ronnie
1: Piper. Thank you. <laughs> All right, both those guys, Adonis and Piper, scheduled to meet one on one at WrestleMania 3, but here in Peoria, it was Piper and the dog defeating the team of Adonis and the King Harley race as we move on to the Wacomico Youth and Civic Center, Salisbury, Maryland, on March 2nd as well. Some of the action scheduled for this show was Tito Santana versus the Natural Butch Reed, the Islanders versus the Dream Team, the Can Am Connection versus Volkoff and the Sheik. And in the main event of this show, George the Animal Steel challenging Randy Savage for the Intercontinental title. Also on March 2nd, Long Island, New York at the Nassau Coliseum. Listen to this one. we got some sound bites coming up here. But on the undercard, it's Lanny Poffo over Frenchie Martin. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, newcomer. Ho! Defeating Iron Mike Sharp. That had to be an interesting one. Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Dick Slater. Wow. Dick Slater. My, how the mighty have fallen. The Birdman Coco Beware defeating the Honky Tonk Man. Wondering if that was by pinfall. Also, Brad Rangans scoring a win over Sal Balomo, so the Italian Stallion's still here at the beginning of March. In a triple main event of sorts, or at least it was set to be, Billy Jack Haynes was scheduled to take on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. My God, what an interesting match that could have been. That might have been a fun feud leading into the spring and summer. But unfortunately, with Orndorff's injuries, it just wasn't meant to be. In fact, this match wasn't meant to be. Now, I do have a couple of promos here I want I play from Billy Jack Haynes going into this matchup simply because I have him, and hey, they're for posterity purposes. But Billy Jack Haynes originally scheduled to take on Paul Orndorff. We'll talk about who he really wrestled on the other side of these promos from Billy Jack.
3: Find you. We're going to be back out on Long Island, the Nassau County Coliseum, Monday night, March the 2nd. Phenomenal World Wrestling Federation action. Billy Jack Haynes, come on in. Out on Long Island on Monday night, March the 2nd at the Nassau Coliseum, you're going to be going against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, another strong man.
7: This would be my uh, uh, first uh, chance to see Mr. Orndorff in the ring, nose to nose and toes to toes. And Hulk, you tear Hercules up for me, please. I know you can do it. Okay, Orndorff, listen, the World Wrestling Federation is the best-shaped the best athletes in the world, let's face it. And Orndorff, you're in tremendous shape. I train six days a week. I'm in the best shape of my life. Let's just go for it and see who comes out on top, Gene.
3: You know, there's been such a tremendous change of attitude for Paul Orndorff as of late. And Billy Jack Haynes, agree with me or not, I think that Bobby Heenan has got about 90% to do with whatever has happened to this man in the last four to six months here in the World Wrestling Federation.
7: I agree with you, Gene. Uh, Bobby Heenan is the best manager in professional wrestling today. He's got it up here, and you, you got to give the man credit. Orndorff, we, we signed a contract. I'm not afraid of you. i would never turn my back on the beautiful people in the World Wrestling Federation. I'm not about to start now. I was born and raised in the streets of Portland, Oregon. And, hey, we signed a contract, and no not back down from any man. Let's go for it, Orndorff, and let's see who comes out on top. You're a tough man, but let's see who it is, man.
3: All right, those great communities, Hempstead, Uniondale, Garden City, all of Long Island, get ready, Monday night, March the 2nd,
1: all right, so Haynes sounded amped up and ready to go against Mr. Wonderful there, but unfortunately, Orndorff out with that injury, and instead, listen to this, it's Billy Jack Haynes defeating the Gladiator. Now, I'm not sure if that was Rick Hunter or not. I'm going to hope it wasn't, but I'm curious who that was under the hood that night in Long Island. So Haynes scores a win over the Gladiator, and that leaves us with a, eh, you can call it a double main event if you want. Up next, it's the Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond, taking on the WWF Tag Team Champions. Let's hear from the Heart Foundation.
3: All right, in case you missed it earlier on, Bobby the Brain Heat making the big announcement that out at the Nassau County Coliseum on Monday, March the 2nd, when Hulk Hogan meets Hercules in a non-title bout, in the corner of Hercules will be Andre the Giant. What a bombshell! There is more to come of that great card out on Long Island. Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nighthart, gentlemen, come on in. Now on the second of March, a Monday night, providing you still are the tag team champions of the world, gentlemen, it's more action from the frying pan into the fire with the title defense against the Rizzos. Well,
8: obviously the foundation is not hiding from anybody. We're not hiding. We're not hiding behind these belts. Uh-oh. We're putting them up. we like the money. <laughs>
9: We like the action too, Gene. You know, the foundation for two years ripped everybody apart and finally justice prevailed and we won the World Heavyweight Championship belts and uh, we're not scared of anybody and all these contenders want to keep coming. They can just keep feeding us these teams because it doesn't matter because we're always
3: going to be the best. Wait a minute now, gentlemen. Danny Davis isn't going to oh, be around to referee. Oh, now come on.
8: Hasn't this poor guy been through enough? Every once in a day, that, the poor guy...
9: All right, just lost his job and everything. The decency to take him in
1: with us. Nassau County Coliseum, Monday night, March the second. The World Wrestling Federation back on Long Island. All right, now remember, back in February, the Hearts wrestled the Bees, the Rougeos, quite a few times, and did a lot of jobs and non-title matches because the story goes that the matches were signed before the Hearts won the belts. Well, now it's a little revenge time here in a lot of rematches in the months of March and April. And here in Long Island, it is the Hart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, defeating the team of the Rougeau brothers, retaining the titles as we head into our main event. Once again, the Mighty Hercules with Andre the Giant in his corner, scheduled to take on WWF champion Hulk Hogan, who has Billy Jack Haynes in his corner. Let's hear from the Hulkster, brother. All right, what a card
3: on a Long Island this coming Monday night out at the Nassau Coliseum. In an on-title matchup, come on in, Hulk Hogan. You're going to be going against Hercules, the strong man, managed by Bobby Heenan. And I guess the big news at this hour, the fact that on Monday night Mm. out at Nassau, it will be Andre the Giant in the corner of Hercules. Yeah, we're going to find
0: out all about Hercules, man. We're going to find out where the power lies, brother. But you know, when you're getting ready for something like this, it's good to hang around the right people. It's good to have somebody talking in your ear, man. Since I've been hanging out with this dude right here brothers, since I've been training with my man Billy Jackson, listening to his rap day and night, he taught me a lot of things about myself man, he said you've been doing all the right things, you made all the right moves, it's not your fault this thing had to go down, so pick it up man, get it back in gear, he looked me in the eyes and he said respect yourself brother, respect us you stand for and the people that believe in you yeah i watch that giant
3: you're gonna have yourself quite a busy night in addition to being at the corner of hulk hogan you've got paul orndorff but i know you're at this man's side on your own volition
7: i would drop to my knees to hulk hogan because i believe in hulkamania all the holsters out there brother this man believes in me 100%, and I believe in him, and I'll try with all the heart that the God has given me to go out there 100%. I love you, brother. What's that giant? I'll take
3: care of her. her. Right Get on, ready. Man.
1: Monday night at of County Coliseum. It's going to be something else. Hogan pumped and ready, wrestling the mighty Hercules. And yes, you'd be right if you guessed that Hulk Hogan, indeed, defeated Hercules in what was referred to as a non-title match. Kind of interesting. They went with that there. And it's off to Rockford, Illinois, on March the 3rd Metro Center. The Islanders battling Morocco and Orton to a 20-minute time limit draw. Could have been fun if Morocco and Orton came to work. Well, I should say Morocco, Orton always came to work. Jake the Snake Roberts battling Kamala again to a double countout. The Crusher, the Crusher, gets in the ring and beats his old nemesis Bobby the Brain Heenan on a count out in three minutes, 38 seconds after Heenan was hit with the bolo punch and took the bump out of the ring. That had to be fun. Wish I could have seen that. And in the main event, Randy Savage. Retaining his IC title over George the Animal Steel after using a foreign object, the match reportedly went three and a half minutes. Something tells me these Rockford people were eh, a little ripped off on this card. Your double main, eh, for all intents and purposes, Crusher and Bobby Heenan goes three and a half minutes. Then your IC title match goes three and a half minutes as well. But it's off to Fresno, California in the Celand Arena. Also March 3rd in front of only 1,400 fans. Wow, not a whole lot here in Fresno. But the card sees Brad Reagans over Frenchie Martin. Coco Beware battling the honky talk man to a 20-minute time limit draw. Both these guys know strangers to Memphis. In fact, both these guys actually trained in a barn together, so they knew each other pretty damn well. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Iron Mike Sharp. The outlaw Ron Bass defeating Billy Anderson. Hey, we're on the West Coast. Billy Anderson going to get a few shots in here. Billy Jack Haynes beating the outlaw Ron Bass, subbing for the adorable Adrian Adonis there. Ooh, Billy Jack Haynes and Adonis. That might have been interesting. But instead, it's Haynes over Ron Bass, also Tito Santana, defeating the Natural Butch Reed on a DQ. And in the main event, the Hart Foundations once again retained the tag team titles over the Rougeau brothers. We move on to March 4th, the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Sound familiar? Poughkeepsie, New York. This show was actually postponed, originally scheduled to take place on January 22nd. Postponed here to March the 4th. Some of the matches on the card included the women's champion, the fabulous Moolah, taking on Velvet McIntyre, and once again, intercontinental champion Randy Savage defending against George the Animal Steel. And we're right back to the West Coast, March 4th, in front of only 2,000 fans. Not drawing a lot here on the West Coast right now. San Diego, California. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, wow. Over the wild man, Jack Armstrong. Cool to see Jack Armstrong here in the WWF. Billy Jack Haynes defeating the Honky Tonk Man on a DQ. Roddy Piper teaming with Tito Santana over the team of Butch Reed and Adrian Adonis. And once again, in the main event, it's the Hart Foundation defeating the team of the Rougeau Brothers. As we head back east, well more like the Midwest. Indianapolis, Indiana, Market Square Arena, March the 4th. On the undercard, it's Jake Roberts once again battling Kamala, but in the main event, Hulk Hogan taking on the team. You heard me right, a handicap match. Hulk Hogan, it's one versus two. His opponents, King Kong Bundy and Bobby the Brain Heenan. That might have been a fun one. We move on to March 5th in the Hershey Park Arena. Hershey, Pennsylvania, in front of 6,000 fans. And once again, it's Randy Savage over George the Animal Steel, this time on a DQ, as well as Hillbilly Jim picking up a win in a big battle royal there in Hershey. Also, March 5th, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Tingly Coliseum. Listen to this card. Roddy Piper and Tito Santana over Adonis and Butch Reed after Piper pinned the natural. Also, Billy Jack Haynes battling the Honky Tonk Man to a draw and WWF Tag Team Champions the Heart Foundation over the Rougeau Brothers after Danny Davis interfered and reversed a small package behind the referee's back. We move on to March 6th, Providence, Rhode Island at the Civic Center. In front of 7,000 fans, it's Outback Jack over Jimmy Jack Funk, Pedro Morales over Moondog Spot, Morocco and Orton defeating the team of the Islanders, Billy Jack Haynes beats Kamala, another match I would have loved to have seen, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff back in action defeating Coco Beware, and in the main event, it's Randy Savage teaming with the Honky Tonk Man defeating the team of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. We move on to Tulsa, Oklahoma, March 6th. Tom McGee defeating Iron Mike Sharp. Demolition defeating the team of the Rouge Show Brothers. King Kong Bundy over Hillbilly Jim, prepping for WrestleMania 3, no doubt. Roddy Piper and Jake the Snake Roberts subbing for a missing in action junkyard dog. We'll see that more often than not here in March. So it's Jake Roberts teaming with Roddy Piper. Wow, what a team defeating the King Harley Race and Adrian Adonis. And once again, in the main event, listen to this one, the Hart Foundation defeating the team of Jake Roberts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan on disqualification. Now, remember, you heard Jake's name in the Roddy Piper match. Well, Jake was subbing for JYD here. Now, this is no mistake. Tulsa, Oklahoma, they stacked this card with former Mid-South wrestlers, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Junkyard Dog, JYD no-show, so it makes sense to replace him with another famous Mid-South wrestler in Jake the Snake Roberts. But the problem was Jake was already scheduled to wrestle in the main event, so he does double duty here. So what interesting teams here for the Snake Man, teaming with Roddy Piper, getting a win earlier on the show, and then in the main event, the Hart Foundation defeating Jake Roberts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, two big names from the old Mid-South territory. Jim Duggan, maybe just a month or so removed from working for the UWF here. The Hearts picking up the win on a DQ. Action continues, Birmingham, Alabama at the old Boutwell Auditorium. That brings back some memories for the old Southeastern crowd. March 6th in front of 12,000 fans, a new record for the WWF down in Birmingham. On the card, we see women's champion, the fabulous Moolah over Black Venus. The Killer Bees defeating the team of Greg Valentine and Brutus Beefcake. Black Jack Mulligan pinning Nikolai Volkov, no doubt once again in about a minute or so. Tito Santana scoring a win over Butch Reed on a DQ. And in the main event, this time another handicap match. It's WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the team of Hercules and Bobby the Brain Heenan, another phone one I would have loved to have been a part of. And now we move on. Sound bites galore in this one, guys. The WWF headed to Boston, the Boston Godden. Boston, Massachusetts, March 7th, in front of 14,000 fans televised on the New England Sports Network, including Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary here. Lots of results to discuss here. But first let's have a little fun let's listen to a few promos before we head into the show and one of the matches on this show includes the main event a six-man elimination match of listen to these teams Hulk Hogan teaming with Rowdy Roddy Piper in his farewell match in Boston and Billy Jack Haynes Hogan Piper and Haynes taking on the trio of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff the Mighty Hercules and Adrian Adonis and before we get to the results let's listen to some of these guys and what they have to say about their upcoming main event elimination match. We're going to hear from Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Mighty Hercules, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and WWF champion Hulk Hogan
3: and get ready for another. The Boston Garden, Saturday night, March the 7th, of World Wrestling Federation in force. After what happened last Saturday night, Bobby Heenan, I think a little explanation is due. Sure. Because promoters quick to go to work. And I heard all the the, the entire thing from my friend, Gorilla Monsoon, a six-man elimination tag now on the books. And it's going to be Hulk Hogan, Billy Jack Haynes, Rowdy Roddy Piper meeting Adonis Orndorf and your man Hercules.
10: You're right. you got the incredible punk, you got Billy Jerk and Rowdy Roddy nothing against Hercules, Mr. Wonderful and Adrian. Now, think about this. An elimination tag. Now, if one man is defeated, he has to leave the ring. He goes back to the locker room. It's all over for That's him. It. He can pack it up for the night. So it might be Hercules, Orndorff and Adonis against Billy Jerk and Hulk. Then let's say Billy Jerk is illuminated when Billy he gives Jack, up. Please. Whatever you want. Say he gives up and squeals and talks and said, I've had enough, and he lives and leaves the ring. Then it's just Hogan. Three against one. Is
3: that what you're intimating? Take it, her. Hercules. You no.
11: Know, maybe it was the excitement. Maybe it was the crowd. Maybe it was the severe beating that Billy Jack Haynes was taken from myself. But I don't know what happened to him. The boy went crazy. He went after Bobby Heenan
3: that's not the way I heard it
11: no come on I don't care what you heard I when I say something and when Bobby said something we're telling the truth so what happened he got what he deserved he got hurt so now he wants to go out and call Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper who cares I don't care I really don't care I live my life like a candle in the wind you see me like you see me today or the force that I've always been and we'll be Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Billy Jack, myself, Orndorf, and Adonis are fixing to take you on. We're fixing to hurt you all, and we're going to hurt you all real, real bad. Boston Gardens, you want to see the fight of your life? You want to see a war? Come on out and come and see it.
10: Oh, one more thing. You see, Hogan, we have plans for you. Big, big plans that are going to make me famous and wealthy. All right, I Piper, so Billy Jack... You're just I not only heard this story, of course, from Gorilla Monsoon.
3: I heard it from Don Don Quinn, who's a Bostonite. Boston Garden, Saturday night, March the seventh. Wait a minute! We're what did you
12: hear from him? Gorilla Monsoon here once again in a locker room area, Boston Garden, with dear friend of mine, Rowdy Roddy Piper, one of the most. Unbelievable individuals that I know in the world of professional wrestling. You've done it all, Roddy. Yeah,
6: yeah, you know, I if, ain't missed a lick,
12: huh? If, if you'd have told me a year ago that you were going to be on the same team with world's heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan, I would have said highly unlikely, but yeah, that was,
6: changes everything. I was the uh, Gaddafi of the professional world, wrestling world for about as long as I can remember. <laughs> I, yeah, I've I very well stomped on them all. You know, I'm retiring and this is my last, uh, my last fight in Boston and it's very, Kind of, you know, to me, I've been—I was raised it's in right. wrestling. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of sad. I was raised in wrestling. Since I've been 16 years old, I've been fighting. And here I'm with the world's champion, somebody who's—you know—him and I have been going like this and uh, loggerheads. And all of a sudden, we're together on the same team, and we're fighting for the same kind of cause. And it's—and it's kind of nice. But I'm—I'm I'm a, I'm a little sad that I'm leaving.
12: Well, uh, let me ask you this, Rod. A question I'm sure that's on the minds of everyone in the world of professional wrestling, the fans all over the world. At this point in your career, you're at the height of your career. Well, why are you bailing out now, Rod?
6: Ah, (laughs) just when you think you know all the answers... I change the questions. Why now? Because I'm at the peak of my career. I'm going on to do the best I can do, but I want to tell you something. The WWF, I gotta thank you. I ain't one to say thank you to a whole no, lot of people. Awful, no, no Brent, you know that. No, I ain't your backyard beauty, but I'll tell you something. I was just a kid sleeping on a slab, man. You tell everybody knocks professional wrestling and says this about it and says that about it. You know what? I'm a prime example of what professional wrestling can do. It took a poor street kid that didn't know where what to do, where he was going, what, what was going on, and formed him, and now I got a family of six kids, a wife, a ranch, and I'm retiring, man. Now, that's a credit to professional wrestling, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the WWF, and I'm going out there fighting, and my way I go out, no retreat, brother, and no surrender. Thank you. All right, fans,
3: here in the greater Boston area, the Boston Garden, Saturday night, March, the 7th The World Wrestling Federation is going to be back in town. A lot of top stars are going to be on this one. And in a six-man tag team elimination bout, on one side, Hercules, Orndorff, and Adrian Adonis. On the other side, Billy Jack Haynes. Rowdy Roddy Piper, and my guest at this time, the heavyweight champion uh-huh. of the world. And Hulk, before I get to that, I gotta ask you what folks have been asking me. What about WrestleMania three? What about Andre the Giant? What about the crisis, man? That's what
0: the whole world's been asking me, brother. What are you gonna do with Andre the Giant WrestleMania? You know, some of the oddsmakers say, the ones that don't believe in Hulkamania, they think I'm gonna fall at his feet. There's no way in the world I'd let Bobby the Weasel Heenan and that no-good Andre the Giant... Tear the hearts out of all those little homsters and i'm going to warm up for this one man i'm going to get my head right for wrestlemania and i'm going to warm up for this one man i'm going to get my head right for wrestlemania and i'd like to thank the of wwf all my boss and hulkamaniacs for putting this six-man tag team elimination together if
3: i could play the devil's advocate in this particular situation hulk hogan it's conceivable that your partners billy jack and roddy piper could get eliminated and if it goes Heenan's way, then it would be Hercules, Orndorf, and Adonis all going against you because your partners have been eliminated. Or
0: it could go vice versa. Could. Myself, Billy Jack, and the rowdy one, rowdy, rowdy, Piper, the master of disaster. We could take them out one at a time. We could snap their legs one at a time. We could embarrass them dropping them to their knees and say, please, hulkster Billy Jack and Piper son, please don't tear us apart anymore. But one
3: thing, my partners all feel the same way about this situation. They're red hot about it. Get ready, Boston. Mark that date down. Circle it on your calendar. Saturday, March
1: the 7th, Boston Garden. All right, and a fun trio of sound bites there as we get into some of the results on the undercard. Pedro Morales over Jimmy Jack Funk with the old patented backbreaker. Hacksaw Jim Duggan makes his Boston debut over Moondog Spot. The team of Morocco and Orton over the team of Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen subbing for the departed Mike Rotunda. Also on the card, the outlaw Ron Bass pinning S.D. Jones. And then it was time for WWF Tag Team Champions, the Heart Foundation, to defend their titles yet again against Jacques and Raymond, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. And I've got another trifecta of promos here for you. First, we're going to hear localized promos from both teams, the Hearts and the Rougeaus. And then we're going to head live to Boston for a last-minute interview with the Hart Foundation and their latest member, Danny Davis. Let's listen.
3: All right. Hi again. Boston. Get ready. We're going to be back at the Garden Saturday night, March the 7th, Causeway Street. The brand new tag team champions of the world, the Hart Foundation, to the That Heart, Jim the Animal Nightheart, sans Jimmy Hart this week. And, gentlemen, the way I see it, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire for the two of you. Now come the title defenses in the form of the Rougeau brothers.
8: Well, you know, I'm sure everyone out there in Boston and all the United States, they uh, figure that the foundation could hide behind these belts. We could hide and never come out. Well, we have that option to hide for 30 days. 30 days, but no, we're not hiding. We're putting these belts up.
9: Fred Hart. I just want to mention, Gene, that last match with the Rougeau's. It was clear to me, and I think it was clear to everybody in the building that uh, there was a little foul play involved. Uh, I did have my foot on the rope.
3: Well, if anybody would recognize foul play, Bret Hart, you and Jim the Anvil would.
9: Yeah, we would. We know a cheater when we see one, and the, the Rougeaux definitely fit into that category. Now, they've ruffled our feathers, so to speak. They've got us a little mad, and the Foundation has a job to do.
3: You know, you know who ruffled my feathers? Danny Davis, the man that officiated oh, that, that ball.
13: Oh, oh, come
8: please. on. Hasn't that poor Danny Davis suffered enough? He lost his job as a
9: referee? Get off his back! We don't need to rely on anybody or anything. We just got to rely on each other. And uh, the Rujos, you're in for the whipping of your life.
6: Boston Garden Causeway
3: Street will be rocking on the 7th of March. On Saturday night, March the 7th. Gentlemen, come on in. Raymond and Jacques, the Rojo's, gentlemen. You're on a roll in this great city of Boston and Jacques. This time out, it is the Heart Foundation, the new tag team champions, and yes, the championships will be on the line.
9: You know, Mean Gene, through everybody's life, from the day you were born till the day you die, you have one date that you keep in your mind. And for us, March the 7th, Mean Gene, be with us. I want this date, this place, Boston, March the 7th, to be our place, because I honestly think we deserve this championship. We beat the Hart Foundation the last time we wrestled them in Boston. Just please be with us on the March 7th, Mean Gene. Just please be with
3: us. Uh, Brother Raymond, I'm certain you've got some thoughts about this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for your brother and yourself.
9: Mean, I'm I'm telling you, we're so enthused right now. We finally have our title match. We beat them in the gardens last time. We earned our title match. It's going to all come down on March 7th in Boston. My brother and I, I am almost sure I am willing to bet we will become the new tag team champions. You know, Hart Foundation, you might go down in the history books as the team that kept the belts the shortest.
3: All right, I thank you very much, the Rajos. By the way, uh, a couple of nights before we can get out and see a little college hockey, it's great here. Boston, stay tuned. We're going to be right back. Don't go away.
12: View area with two of my, uh, shall I say, not too favorite personalities joining me, the mouth of the South, uh, Colonel, I'm sorry. Colonel,
5: that's right, baby. He got
12: carried away. In. This <laughs> despicable individual here, Danny Davis, uh, former, and I used it, well, X should be the proper terminology to use for you. X, what kind of an outfit is that, Danny Davis? This is
9: an outfit that my new manager, Jimmy
6: Hart, designed personally for me. Was it a gift? No, it wasn't a gift. Oh, made <laughs> you pay
5: for it.
9: Well, <laughs> I'm willing.
5: You gotta be careful with this guy right here. See, Danny, this guy will pull you in any kind of trap, man. You gotta watch what you say in front of the You gotta have your hands full again,
12: once again, here tonight <laughs> in the Boston Garden, because uh, the Hart Foundation is in there with Jacques and Raymond, the Rougeau brothers. You remember what happened last month.
5: That's right. But let me tell you something, baby. That was last month. You know, that was then. This is now. This is the future. Danny Davis, the newest member of the Hart Foundation. You know, he's going to be at ringside with the mouth of the South tonight, too, baby.
12: Well, you down there is bad enough. I, I can imagine what the two of
5: you are going to conjure up. Well, look at this gorilla. I want you these are open contracts. Uh-huh. Open contracts for the future. Six-man, well, because, you know, the reason they're open, silly, I'll tell you why they're open right now, because, see, we're challenging everybody. Six-man tax. you don't Danny know Davis. what's going
12: to happen after WrestleMania. You guys won't be the champions. Oh, are
5: you trying to say that Tito... not on stake, Are you? WrestleMania, right? You're lucky. That's right. How did you manage to squeeze that by? Are you trying to say that Tito sent and the British Dogs are going to try to sneak one over dangerous Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation?
12: No way. Danny Davis' career needs to be proven.
5: I'll prove it. Money action
6: still to come.
12: We'll be back in just a moment.
1: All right, and tons more fun promos, this time with the Hearts and the Rougeaux, specifically the Hearts and Danny Davis. And the results for this matchup, more of the same. It's the Heart Foundation, accompanied the ring by Jimmy Hart and Danny Davis, defeating the team of the Rougeot brothers when Brett pinned Jacques Rougeot in a small package after Danny Davis once again interfered, reversing the inside cradle behind the referee's back. And Hacksaw, not the only man making his debut here in Boston. No, no, it's Outback Jack scheduled to take on Jimmy Jack Funk in the upcoming matchup. But before we get there, let's listen to a live promo from Outback Jack as he prepares for his match with Jimmy Jack Funk.
12: Gorilla Monsoon here in the Boston Gardens in the interview area, and uh, it's indeed a pleasure for me to introduce to you the gentleman standing to my left, uh, new arrival here to the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, Outback Jack. Good I you blacks. Good night, Gorilla. How are you, Mike? Well, I'm just fine. Uh, a question enters my mind, Outback, and that is. We saw some of the footage on you in Australia and uh, all the yeah. preparation for your coming here to the World Wrestling Federation. What exactly are your credentials as far as inside the squared circle? Well, mate, I haven't got
14: any. Oh, the thing is, see, I used to re- uh, re- wrestle uh, water buff on the on the Coupina Station back up at Hunty Do, and uh, a couple of the blokes up there from the World Wrestling Federation, uh, S. T. Jones and uh, right uh, special um, delivery, uh, Arnold Scholl, and they uh-huh. they come. They wanted to have a look at a cattle station. They saw me out there having a bit of work in the field. And uh, Arnold put a couple of things together and said, well, why don't you come over? And that's why I'm here. So got a bit of talent wrestling water, but uh, not, not in the squared well, circle.
12: I'm sure you're going to find it quite intriguing and a little bit different here in the World Wrestling Federation. This is a hot spot. This is a hotbed for uh, the greatest professional athletes in the world
14: today. Well, mate, this is the greatest uh, world of wrestling federation in the world. I don't know a great deal about it, about wrestling, but, uh, mate, I'm going to give you the you best You'll get game. an
12: education in, in, a, in a big hurry, Outback. No question about that. Oh, what, yes. uh, what can the fans look forward to as far as some of the moves that you've patented down uh, for your debut here in Boston? Well,
14: the hawks to show me a few things, because he's, he's a bit of a coach and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I've got this little hole called the boomerang. Uh, hopefully that should knock Blokes out. Tremendous.
1: We'll be looking forward to seeing Outback Jack. No worries, mate. Outback Jack. Here in Boston, scoring the win over Jimmy Jack Funk. A sub for Barry O in just 58 seconds with the Boomerang Bulldog from behind laying Funk out in near record time. I can't remember. i got to go back and watch this again. I can't even remember if these guys got their gear off before this one ended. Outback Jack, though. Tie me kangaroo down, Spolt. Picking up yet another win as it's now time for the big main event. Remember, guys, it was Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, and Billy Jack Haynes slated to take on the team of Adrian Adonis, Paul Orndorff, and Hercules. Wow, what a main event. Elimination Rule style, Survivor Series style matchup here. And I've got some more promos lined up for you. First, we're going to hear from Hulk Hogan and Billy Jack Haynes, followed by the team of Adrian, Adonis, and Hercules. And lastly, it's more Hulk Hogan, this time with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Boston Garden, get ready. On Saturday night,
3: March the 7th, the World Wrestling Federation is back in this great city. Outback Jack, first time ever in Boston. Hacksaw Uh, Jim Duggan, uh, Outlaw Ron Bass, they're all going to be here, including these two men, Billy Jack Haynes, Hulk Hogan, plus Rowdy Roddy Piper, going up against Hercules, Orndorff, and Adonis, champ. We know a six-man
0: elimination, brother. We all got so much in common, but we're all so different, you know. Billy Jack Haynes, Rowdy Roddy Piper, where's he coming from? Hercules, Orndorff, Adonis, man. Everybody knows the personal issues, man. Roddy Roddy Piper taking a new walk in life. That's enough to pull you away, man, but he's cool, brother. And when Billy Jack's around, my man, sometimes I use him for a reality check. The fact that Paul Orndorff set me up, that's cool, man. We can handle that. The fact that Hercules, brother, is bragging about being an immortal, we'll find out. And as far as Adonis goes, we're going to wipe him off the face of the earth. But a reality check is what I needed. So as me and my man have been hanging out with the rowdy one every once in a while, me and Mr. Piper will ask Billy Jack Haynes to put the power on us, to up just, just a little bit, to make us keep our feet on the ground, to be ready. The power this man possesses can scare you, brother. I can't wait to turn you loose in this six-man tag team match. I can't wait to see what you're going to do with these guns, brother.
3: All right, Billy Jack. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. Yes.
13: Yeah.
7: Hulk Hogan, I love you, brother. We stand for the same things. We don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't take drugs. We love everybody out there. And everybody's seen Paul Orndorff interfere in my
8: match. Now Hulk Hogan, myself, and Roddy Piper were at the triple tag against Hercules Orndorff and Adonis and let it end up in downtown Boston, Hulk. And I don't care. I'm backing you 100%, brother. You know, when it's a six-man elimination,
0: it scares you what could happen. We could all three end up on Adonis. Oh, that'd be great. It could go the other way. But if they came right down to those three pumps, Hercules, or and Adonis, against this man by himself, I trust my last dying breath in his hands.
13: What You're a night brother, it
3: is. going to be in the Boston Garden. Six men in an elimination tag team match on the 7th of March. All right. The World Wrestling Federation is virtually an institution at the Boston Garden. Great fans. Tonight, you can join us. For one phenomenal card from top to bottom, what I cannot believe. Adrian Dottis, Hercules, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Come on in, gentlemen. Tonight it's going to be, in his final appearance at the Boston Garden, Rowdy Roddy Piper for the last time. And it It couldn't come too soon. He should have
10: retired 33 years. I'm talking. You're erupting. I'm I'm talking. He should have retired 37 years ago. Rowdy Roddy. You can go to Paramount, 20th Century Fox, all those things in Hollywood, because that's what you're going to be doing, parking cars. What's eventually going to happen is it's going to become maybe three against one, maybe two against one, but it's going to boil down to... Well, remember, he's got Billy Jack Haynes and Hulk Hogan.
3: His team. Talk to the. What about and it? it? Yes, uh,
11: Hercules. Bit. Hulk Hogan, Billy Jack Haynes, Roddy Piper. We're talking an elimination match. They're calling it termination. Anything can go. We can do anything we want to do, can't we? We got Mr. Wonderful, Adrian Adonis, and the strongest man in all the universe, Hercules. What's, what are they going to do, man? Where can they go? Where can they hide? There's nowhere to run. Everybody wants to be a world champion. Everybody wants to hurt the world champion. As far as
8: Billy Crack's discerned, he's just about gone. Mr. Piper, I just want you. I
3: want you. Speaking of being gone, gentlemen, were. we're out of time. We're gone. You're you. history. What?
12: Wait a minute.
3: All right, fans of the greater Boston area, you won't believe this one. Tonight at the Boston Garden, it is going to be absolutely sensational. How about a six-man elimination tag team match on one side? Adonis. Hercules and Orndorff on the opposing side. Billy Jack Haynes, heavy heavyweight champion Hulk. Hulk. What is it, Roddy Piper? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You
0: know what's so funny? Yes, I like the way
13: Roddy Piper Roddy, 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 Roddy Piper. thinks, man.
0: You know, for weeks we've been talking about the six-man elimination. What if Piper gets wiped out? What if Hogan gets wiped out? What if it's three bolts on one of us, man? Mm-hmm. Piper had me. Had, I was having nightmares, man. The guy had me so upset until this morning. And then Piper came along with Piper's rules, man. And he said, with six men in the ring, the whole Boston Garden, all the Piper Maniacs on our side, who's going to stop us when we eliminate the referee first? Oh,
6: you didn't think of that, did you? Huh? Hey,
2: Adrian,
6: Hey, Herc. Oh, they sent Hercules down to try to maim the champion a little bit before WrestleMania 3. No, no. You're talking about a man who has fought the world's heavyweight champion. You're talking about a man that didn't back down, and I ain't the champion right now, huh? You think that Big guy gonna stand any kind of chance? Same chance, Adrian and Sarnis is gonna stand exactly the same. I want you to check out something just because we're leaving. That don't mean that we're quitting or backing off. No retreat. No surrender. Just check this mug out right here, huh? Look at that. Let's put a little pressure on that, out of that. Look at that, huh? Come on down, baby. You think you're nice and sweet, Adrian? i got a little present for you. Uh, I think it isn't a kind of night. We'll just put that there. Oh, you know we can't do that because you have no hair. Huh? Well, you know, that's
0: why everybody in Boston loves Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. Because when you come down to the basics, when you wipe it all out, it's survival of the fittest, man. Back to the way it used to be. And Roddy Roddy Piper is definitely
8: the leader of that pack. Get ready. Tonight. Tonight is the at the Boston
1: Garden. Don't you dare miss it. And what did I tell you guys? Lots of promos here for the Boston Garden Show, and it is into the main event. And it went something like this. It says the team of Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, and Billy Jack Haynes defeated the team of the adorable Adrian Adonis, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and Hercules in 18 minutes and 4 seconds. Eliminations looked like this Piper and Adonis battling to a double countout 11 and a half minutes into the match. From there, it's WWF Champion Hulk Hogan pinning Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with a roll up from behind in 15 and a half minutes into the match. After the elimination, Orndorff laying out the Hulkster, allowing Hercules to gain the advantage. And speaking of Hercules, he defeats Billy Jack Haynes with a clothesline. Haynes shooting Herc into the corner. Herc bouncing out with a big clothesline, nasty clothesline, taking Billy Jack down. And Haynes eliminated at 16 and a half minutes through the matchup. And then finally, Hogan in one-on-one. It's down to Hulk Hogan and the mighty Hercules. Hogan scoring the win in just 18 minutes and four seconds. Hulk Hogan, the sole survivor, if you will, here in Boston. The action continues for March 7th. Huntsville, Alabama, at the old Vaughn Braun Civic Center, in front of 9,000 fans, a sellout. WWF doing well down here in Alabama. On the card, it's Brad Ring, and scheduled to take on the assassin. That's Randy Colley, Moondog Rex. Sika, slated to go against C.V. Kamala continues to battle Jake the Snake Roberts. And we have results for the final two matches. It is the Killer Bees over the Dream Team, and the team of Randy Savage and Hockey Tonk Man over George Steele and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. As we move on, to march 8th in east rutherford new jersey at the meadowlands in front of 5,000 fans remember we talked about that frank tunney memorial tag team tournament well they're giving a tryout here in the meadowlands first eight teams single elimination tournament the winners go on to take on the heart foundation for the tag team titles at the end of the night and speaking of the hearts let's hear what they have to say about this match
3: all right, fans, this coming Monday night over the Meadowlands Arena, one-night tag team elimination tournament. The winner, by the way, at the end of the evening, through the elimination process, will be meeting these two gentlemen, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and Brett the Hitman Hart, for the title. You know,
8: what I can't believe is all of these tag teams, the Bulldogs, the Rougeos, the Can-Am, and Bundy, they're all so envious and so greedy. It's unbelievable. They obviously want what we've got. Red Hart?
9: You know, if I had a cheer for any one team, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit out there in the front row with a box of popcorn. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to cheer on the Bulldogs, because I'd like to see the Bulldogs win this thing, because I'd like to clear the air once and for all and wipe out the Bulldogs.
3: Well, you know, they've got other great teams. The Can-Am Connection, the Rougeaus, the Demolition, Morocco and Orton, all their friends of but yours. But, you know, Morocco. yeah, yeah,
8: everyone's all friends. Everyone's sure. Sure, there's a lot of friends out there. <laughs> Lots of friends. But, you know... Uh, the heart Foundation, is uh, we're going to be fresh as a flower, fresh as a tulip. Compared to all the other teams, they have to wrestle each other <laughs> and then
9: take us on. <laughs> all right, that's
3: Monday Night of the middle Lands, that one-night tag team elimination tournament. Don't forget, Jake the Snake live. Danny Davis, an old friend of yours, right, guys? He's going to be yeah. there. The there, in the there dude. Oh, Danny Hasn't Steve that guy in suffered a lot? the,
1: the Arena this Monday yeah. Night fans, we'll You're see you there. So it doesn't really matter who the Hart Foundation take on. They look to retain those titles. Let's see what happens here. As we look at the Tag Team Tournament quarterfinals, it's the Killer Bees over the Rougeau brothers. Interesting. Baby faces on both sides there. The Can-Am connection defeating the team of Bundy and Paul Orndorff on a count-out. Morocco and Orton also beating the team of Demolition by DQ after the demos are caught using Mr. Fuji's cane as a weapon. So we saw the faces versus the faces in the opener. Now heels versus heels. Morocco and Orton over Demolition on a DQ, and the final match of the quarterfinals is the Dream Team defeating the Bulldogs on a DQ at around the 32nd mark after Davey Boy Smith hit Valentine with a chair, preventing Dynamite Kid from having to compete. And this is a good time to point out this show right here, March the 8th, is Dynamite Kid's return to the road. His very first match, his very first night, I should say, back with the company. Other than to drop the belts, this is the first time Dynamite Kid's been back in active competition and I use air quotes there around active competition. Dynamite did nothing and he shouldn't have when they dropped the belts. And here again, Dynamite Kid returns to the road and doesn't even have to get physical here. The Bulldogs getting disqualified almost immediately. So in the opening round, we get one pinfall matchup and then a count out and two disqualifications. But welcome back, Dynamite Kid. Don't know that you should be back, but he is back on the road. And this is where the show gets a little weird just for a moment. And I don't know who books more tag team matches in between a tag team tournament But it was slated to see the Islanders taking on the U.S. Express. Unfortunately, the Islanders don't make the show. And remember, Mike Rotunda's already quit the company, so we get all kinds of substitutions here. The Islanders no shows, so subbing for them are the Can-Am Connection, who are also part of this tournament, advancing to the semifinals. Were the Can-Am's Martell and Zinc? They're wrestling a non-tournament match as well, defeating the team of Dan Spivey and Pedro Morales. And then it's back to the semifinals, and this isn't fair. The Can-Am's wrestling yet again this time defeating the team of the Killer Bees. So another baby versus baby match. Can-Am Connection wrestling Spivey and Morales, and then also defeating the Killer Bees here. And the other semifinal match, the Dream Team, heel versus heel over Don Morocco and Bob Orton. This time Morocco accidentally hitting his own partner Orton with Fuji's cane after Valentine out of the way. And that sets up the main event, or excuse me, the finals of the tag team tournament. It is the Can-Am Connection defeating the Dream Team. And due to pre-match stipulations, that means the Can-Ams earned themselves the tag team title shots at the end of the night. Not very fair. Not only did they have to wrestle the quarters, the semis, and the finals, but they also wrestled the non-tournament match as well. This is their fifth match of the night. If you guys loved Rick Martel and Tom Zink, I got to tell you, the Meadowlands was the place to be tonight. And in the main event, not really fair. Fifth match of the night for the Can-Am Connection, the Heart Foundation defeating Tom Zink and Rick Martel after interference from Danny Davis. Once again, reversing a small package on the Hitman the Hart Foundation will retain, and the Can-Am Connection. Wow, did they have a hell of a night. And I'm betting they didn't get paid five times. Action continues on. South Bend, Indiana, Joyce Athletic and Convocation Center in front of 4,000 fans. Brad Rangin's over the Outlaw Ron Bass by DQ. Dick Slater pins Sika the Wild Samoan, so that's where Sika is on the totem pole. The Honky Tonk Man over George Steele on a DQ. Billy Jack Haynes battling Kamala to a double countout. And in the main event, whoo, listen to this, Roddy Piper, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and the Junkyard Dog over the Macho Man Randy Savage, Adrian Adonis, and the King Harley Race. Elimination saw Adonis battle JYD to a double count-out race, then pinning Ricky Steamboat, followed by Piper defeating Race, and the Macho Man Randy Savage in the end, Roddy Piper, the sole survivor there. And it's on the Springfield, Illinois, March 8th at the Prairie Capital Civic Center for a 5,617 fans. On the card, Tom McGee over Frenchie Martin, Corporal Kirchner over Tiger Chung Lee, Blackjack Mulligan getting in the win over Jimmy Jack Funk, Outback Jack subbing for Dick Slater, pinning the assassin, once again Randy Colley, a.k.a. Moondog Rex, a.k.a. the original Smash. So he went from being Smash of Demolition to putting on a hood and doing a job for Outback Jack, did Randy Colley here. Also on the card, Hercules beating Hillbilly Jim, the Islanders over Sheik and Volkoff, and in the main event, Tito Santana defeating Butch Reed on a DQ. Action continues on at the Louisville Garden, invading Memphis territory here. Louisville, Kentucky on March 9th. The show included the team of Hercules, Butch Reed, and Harley Race, a different king coming to town. Bet Lawler loved that one. Taking on the trio of Billy Jack Haynes, Tito Santana, and the Junkyard Dog. Elimination match style here, but I don't have any results, so we move on to Fort Wayne, Indiana, March 9th, in front of 8,600 fans at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. It's Kamala defeating King Kong Bundy, the Islanders battling the Rougeos to a double DQ, the Can-Am Connection beating the Dream Team, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat battling the Honky Tonk Man to a draw, and in the main event, Randy Savage defending the IC title over George the Animal Steel. This match also had a pre-match stipulation stating that the winner would walk away with Elizabeth as their prize. Sound familiar? The WWF invading Lexington, Kentucky in the Rupp Arena on March 9th, And in the main event, it was slated to see Rowdy Roddy Piper battle Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. I'd love to have results for that one as we move on to our first set of TV tapings. Remember, there's four TV tapings here in March, and this is just the first set. Superstars taping on March 10th at the Hera Arena, Dayton, Ohio. I remember that arena. been there a couple times for some ECW pay-per-views in front of 8,000 fans, which is a sellout here in Dayton. And they open the car with the dark match Hacksaw Jim Duggan, familiarizing the fans with old Hacksaw here pinning Nikolai Volkov in an attempt to get him over with the live crowd for the rest of the show. Also during the taping, Hacksaw Jim Duggan chasing away Volkov and Sheik with a 2x4. That's early on in the taping, not allowing them to sing the Russian national anthem. Later in the show, on the third hour of taping, Jim Duggan wrestling the Iron Sheik, with Nikolai Volkov interfering using Slick's cane before the Killer Bees making the save. Also on the card, Blackjack Mulligan teaming up with Dan Spivey, Mulligan replacing his son-in-law Mike Rotunda here working as a tag team It's part of this taping, reportedly looking terrible, and I don't doubt that, in fact, I think we're coming to the end of both Spivey and Mulligan's run here in the WWF, at least Spivey short term, Mulligan for good. Also reported here, Dynamite Kid was in a six-man tag team match with Tito Santana and Davey Boy Smith, but never once tagged into the matchup, no offense yet by the Dynamite Kid. Also in dark matches in Dayton, Tom McGee made an appearance, said to have the body of Lex Luger. But Dave Meltzer quips in here, he says, but I'm sure that depends on what part of the cycle each is on when you see them. Good one, Dave. Also part of the taping, airing on primetime March 30th, it is Mulligan and Spivey teaming up to defeat the team of Sal Belomo and Tiger Chung Lee. Mulligan pinning Lee in about four minutes there with the back elbow. Also scheduled to air on primetime April the 6th, We'll see the Honky Tonk Man pinning the Birdman Coco Beware in about 11 minutes when Jimmy Hart grabs Coco's leg as he attempts to suplex Honky back in the ring, Hart tripping up Coco, Honky falling on top and stealing the win there on primetime. Other dark matches as part of this TV taping at the Hera Arena sees Junkyard Dog team with SD Jones over Dave Wagner and Brian Costello. The Assassin finally picks up a win. Randy Colley scores a win over Paul Roma. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Defeating Nikolai Volkov. And in the main event dark match, it's WWF Champion Hulk Hogan over Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And now it's on to Columbus, Ohio, and the Ohio Center on March 11th in front of another 8,000 fans and another sellout. This time it's a wrestling challenge taping, guys. And in the first hour, the Heart Foundation's wrestling the team of Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma, the future Young Stallions. But it's reported they totally botched up the finish for the Hearts, scored the win. So believe it or not, they went back and did a second take, doing this match all over again with the same exact finish, this time not botched. So Vince was doing that all the way back in the 80s. Let's
0: get it right, pals. Pallies?
1: Not sure what the plural is of pal. The second hour of the show saw a good match, a double DQ between Greg Dammer valentine and Tito Santana, former rivals. The third hour, which airs after WrestleMania, had Valentine in another singles match, but unlike his earlier appearance, it was Brutus Beefcake nowhere to be found. However, both Johnny Valiant and Dino Bravo accompany Greg to ringside. So Melt says, expect a breakup between the Dream Team and WrestleMania. Also part of the challenge tapings to be aired on the March 16th edition of Primetime, its women tag team champions Judy Martin and Leilani Kai, soon to be renamed the Glamour Girls, scoring a win over Velvet McIntyre and Angie Minnelli in about nine and a half minutes. Slated to air on Spotlight for March 21st, Hillbilly Jim over Brian Costello with a big bear hug in under two minutes time. And also on spotlight for April the 4th, a match with Outback Jack over the Raider with a Bulldog from behind. Assuming the boomerang there in a minute and a half. Dark matches on this show saw The Shadow. He's no longer the assassin. Randy Colley has changed names from superstars to wrestling challenge. The Shadow over special delivery Jones. Tom McGee beating Barry O. The Can-Am Connection defeat the team of Kamala and Sika. Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, with Jimmy Hart and Danny Davis in their corner. This is that rematch from earlier in the night, defeating the team of Paul Roma and Jimmy Powers. And in the main event of this challenge taping, the dark match, WWF Champion over King Kong Bundy in about five minutes' time. Ugh, and you gotta be kidding me. Well, guys, I do apologize in advance for any background noise you might hear for the next, oh, 15, 20 minutes. They are repaving our road outside. And they're right in front of my house right now. You can't make this shit up. But we roll on with the results. WWF in Struthers, Ohio at the Fieldhouse. March the 12th in front of 1,900 fans sees Dino Bravo over Pedro Morales. The Islanders once again scoring a win over the Sheik and Volkov. Coco Beware defeating Danny Davis in action on a disqualification after Jimmy Hart's interference. Tag team champions the Hart Foundation over the British Bulldogs in under three minutes when Bret Hart pins Davey Boy Smith after interference from Danny Davis. Behind the referee's back. So I'm assuming, yet again, Dynamite does very little here. Again, the match goes under three minutes, definitely protecting the Dynamite Kid at this point. And if I do remember correctly, we're going to see more of that moving forward. WWF in Syracuse, New York, at the War Memorial, also March 12th, in front of 2,800 fans, sees Jimmy Powers battle Frenchie Martin to a draw. Very interesting. Dick Slater over the Assassin. So he's back to being the Assassin now. Randy Colley, Slater over Randy Colley here as the Assassin. King Kong Bundy battling Black Jack Mulligan to a double countout. Demolition scoring a win over Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen. And then the main event, six-man elimination tag. It's Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, and Billy Jack Haynes over the team of the Macho Man Randy Savage, King Kong Bundy, and Hercules. Tito Santana, the sole survivor in that one. We move on to Springfield, Massachusetts at the Civic Center. March 13th in front of 1,800 fans. More the same that we saw in Syracuse, except this time it's Black Jack Mulligan over King Kong Bundy. Demolition defeating the team of Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen. Dick Slater once again defeating the assassin Randy Colley. And Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, and Billy Jack Haynes team up yet again, scoring another win in an elimination match over Randy Savage. Hercules, and this time, Butch Reed. Have no information in that one as far as the survivor goes. Keeping with the same pattern, it was likely Tito Santana. Also, March 13th, Worcester, Massachusetts at the Centrum. On the other card, sees the honky-tonk man over George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. Also on the card... Rowdy Roddy Piper defeating the king, Harley Race. Hmm, okay. We move on to Berwick, Pennsylvania at the high school gym. A matinee show on March the 14th sees Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs with a backbreaker submission at 8.02. Pedro Morales defeating Tiger Chung Lee in 8.15. Tag team champion Heart Foundation over the British Bulldogs yet again in just five and a half minutes. Coco Beware defeating referee, well, former referee Danny Davis on a DQ in 11.15. Ugh. 11 minutes and 15 seconds, ugh. And in the main event, it's Corporal Kirshner pinning the Iron Sheik. The match originally went to a 20-minute time limit draw, but the Sheiky, Sheiky baby asking for more time for the match to continue. Corporal Kirshner picking up the win there in over 20 minutes. Double ugh. Well, what do you guys expect for a high school gym show? Action keeps rolling on. The WWF in Baltimore, Maryland at the arena. On March 14th as well, included Andre the Giant as a guest of the Snake Pit. Also on the card, the assassin Randy Colley defeating C.V. Poor C.V. Also on the card, more six-man elimination action. Listen to this one. It's Ricky Steamboat, Billy Jack Haynes, and Coco Beware subbing for the Junkyard Dog, defeating the team of the Macho Man, King Harley Race, and Hercules. Eliminations went like this. It was Haynes and Hercules battling to a double countout. Steamboat pinning the King Harley Race. And then Coco Beware pinning the Macho Man, Randy Savage. where and Steamboat, These survivors there. But the WWF on March 14th, also in Philadelphia at the Spectrum, in front of 16,943 fans, televised on the Prism Network featuring Dick Graham and Ken Resnick on commentary. Yes, Ken Resnick's still here, but not for long. This actually marks Resnick's final appearance with the WWF. And on the card, a fun segment including Dangerous Danny Davis as guest of Rowdy Roddy Piper's Piper's Pit segment Inside the Ring, Davis said he'd always been a fair referee when moments later Rowdy Roddy Piper brings out referee Joey Morella who told Davis that he sucked which led to Danny Davis bringing out his own guest it was the adorable Adrian Adonis and Jimmy Hart oh the hot rod didn't stand for that Roddy Piper began choking at Danny Davis Adrian Adonis charging at the hot rod but Piper backdropping Adonis over the top rope and out to the floor Adrian wanting back inside the ring but being dragged away by officials including Gorilla Monsoon as Piper lays out Danny Davis with a big punch in the ring before telling the fans that's how he wanted to say goodbye in Philadelphia. Fun times with the hot rod and the action in the spectrum sees Paul Roma over Steve Lombardi with the sunset flip off the top rope. Butch Reed defeating Dick Slater with his feet on the ropes. That would have been a main event once upon a time in the Mid-South or even Florida for that matter. And then from there, Cal Rudman standing backstage. If that wasn't good enough, Cal Rudman set to interview Outback Jack. Can't wait for this one. Cal Rudman here in the
15: interview area with Outback Jack. G'day, Cal. How are you, mate? Pleasure G'day to meet you. G'day, Pennsylvania. Well, uh, I understand you're very new to wrestling. You've only been doing it since Christmas. Yeah, mate. Brand
14: new. Completely brand new. I was out uh, back over in Australia, out in the scrub, doing a bit of doing a bit of work on a cattle station, and I uh, happened to be in the right place at the right time, and managed to come over here. Well, what did you do at the cattle station? Mate, I was a bull catcher, see? And What's what, that mean, bull catcher? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Steady down, mate, steady down, it's okay. A bull catcher's uh, a bloke that goes out uh, with a team of other fellows. We muster and round up the uh, uh, water buffalo and, and scrub cattle, right? And then we put them in a cattle truck and send them off to the abattoir. And uh, the thing is there, we, we uh, chase them through the scrub with a uh, little Toyota vehicle, hook them up and put them in the back of the cattle truck. And sometimes just for the fun of it, you toss them around a bit.
15: Now, I understand you've been winning all of your matches. Well, I had the good fortune not to lose yet, mate. And 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 you don't know all the holes, I guess. Well, mate, see, I'm I'm all brand new to this, right? And the fellow I've been being looked
14: after by Hulk Hogan. He's been looking after me like a Uh... long lost brother, training me, teaching me, giving me all these good uh, vitamin tricks and all sorts of stuff like that. You know, with his Hulkamania stuff, he's been marvelous, been champion black.
15: Now, what are these?
14: Mate, they're me croc teeth. Croc teeth? Yeah, crocodile teeth.
15: Yeah,
14: me croc teeth, and that's me croc skin on the side. Explain that. Well, mate, um, we got got a few crocs up there, see, Uh and sometimes they get a little bit stroppy, so you got to sort of move them away from the area and sometimes they happen to die and they've got to do a bit of dental work on them and pull their teeth out because they don't want to leave them there you know so I made a necklace out of it and put some decorations around my hat now I believe you have something on your back let's take a look at oh, it oh mate that's uh, that's me mate Irving my uh, Irving yeah Irving me little crockhead oh tell us about him well mate he's just a. I I was out fishing one day with a mate we had this nice big barry have you ever heard of barramundi no barramundi's a beautiful big fish mate Big one, too. Anyway, uh, we were pulling him out of the water, and this little croc jumped on the back of him, so he started to bite him, and we didn't want that because we wanted that for Tucker tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, he managed to sort of cut his head off, and I stuck it on my back.
15: Now, about this being new to wrestling, are you sure you're not putting us on? Are you serious, mate? Fair diggin. Yeah? Dickon. Of course I'm not, I'm not putting your leg. I'm not pulling your leg, mate. Truth. Yeah. yeah? Now, uh, Frenchie Martin, he's from uh, Canada, isn't he? You're yeah. fighting him. Yeah, Frenchie Martin. He's
14: um, from Quebec City or something like that, yeah. That's um, timber-cutting t- country there up there, isn't it? Yeah. He's probably a tough bloke because, you know, he can't go out cut timber all day and not be, uh, not be a strong sort of fellow. I've watched him a couple of times, though. He's been on this a couple of places I've seen, and uh, he's a tough boy. There's no doubt about that. So a bloke might have his hands full.
15: Might be a real test. Ooh. This has been very,
1: very interesting. i got to see this match. We'll be right back. See ya. All right, some interesting questions. Cal Rudman, definitely interested in how things work over there in Australia. Asking Outback Jack all those tough questions there. And Outback getting ready to take on the the tough mate, the, the tough bloke. And Frenchie Martin here. It's Outback Jack over Frenchie Martin with the bulldog, the boomerang, whatever you want to call it, in about five minutes' time. Dino Bravo defeating Special Delivery Jones in just three minutes with a side suplex. The Hart Foundation defending their tag team title successfully over the team of the Islanders in 18 and a half minutes. Bret Hart pinning Tama after Danny Davis interfering, reversing Tama's small package behind the referee's back. I'm seeing a pattern here of finishes with the Hearts and Danny Davis. You'd think the referees would catch on by now. And then it's backstage. Cal Rudman once again. He had to have fun with this one. Cal Rudman ready to interview the Can-Am Connections. Fair warning, this is not the most lively of promos, but still, it's Cal Rudman, so I wanted to pick this up. It's Cal Rudman standing by Tom Zink and Rick Martell.
15: Cal Rudman here in the interview area with Tom Zink, his first time here at the Spectrum, and my old buddy Rick Martell, the champion. Come on in, guys. Yeah, to Glad see to you. see you. Good. Really? How are I, good. You got some tough competition
16: tonight. Yes, you know, uh, tonight, uh, you know, we uh, usually, uh, Tom and I are, you know, tag team. Everybody knows the Can-Am connection, you know, and, but tonight's a uh, very different night for us because we're in single competition with two guys that are usually also tag team, uh, a lot of tag team matches and, you know, we're talking about Greg Valentine and British Boothcake. Uh, I'm going to wrestle him and my partner's going to wrestle Valentine, so, you know, We're going to go out there even though now you've got to go with a different uh, battle plan because, you know, tag team competition, you always get, you partner with you and, you know, we're used to that tag team uh, wrestling. But now, you know, with them, we know that these guys are going to, you know, we can't trust them. Tom's going to have to watch my back and I'm going to watch his because, you know, even on their own, I mean, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine are great athletes and we're going to have to go there and, you know, really watch ourselves. How do you feel about debuting here at the Spectrum in Philadelphia? I'm just glad to be here in Philadelphia. I've heard Rick's told me a lot about uh, the great crowd here and the Spectrum, and I'm just uh, delighted to be here. We are in single matches, as uh, Rick's already said, and uh, I do have my work cut out for me. Uh, Greg Valentine, former tag team championship holder, and uh, it's singles competition. I won't have my partner there, but uh, I know he'll be with me. You know, and watching my back, like he said, and uh, I'm looking forward to wrestling Valentine, and I think I can get the job done. Well, how are you going to prevent that figure for a leg lock? Well, I'm going to try and stay off my back as much as possible, because I know he always tries to snatch legs. I've watched a lot of tapes. I've seen him wrestle a lot before, so uh, that's one of the ways. Uh, I'm just going to try and beat him on quickness.
15: Do you figure to both uh, be, uh, of you to be near, near the ring in case trouble and uh, dastardly deeds start?
16: Well, definitely, uh, when I'm in the ring, you know, I'm, uh, Tom won't be too far. And the same thing uh, for Tom, I won't be uh, that far because, you know, you, you can't trust him. We know they're a past record and, you know, people like Valentine and Beefcake, you have to be aware, you know, you have to expect the unexpected at all times. Now, what is your goal here now that you returned to the WWE? Well, you know, uh, right now, Tom and I, we're concentrating, you know, uh, on the big WrestleMania 3 that's coming up uh, in Detroit. You know, we feel great over... Uh, who are you battling? Uh- uh, Morocco, Dom, Morocco, and Bob Orton—you know, with their—wow, yeah—and also, you know, you got to think their manager Fuji, and their, you know, that yeah. sneaky Fuji. So, you know, we have that on our minds right now, and you know, but uh, we got to think one at a time. And after that, you know, we're thinking about—you know, it's no secret for anybody—you know—we would love to, uh, you know, it's a dream of ours to someday be a tag team world champion. It would be the third time for you. Yeah, it'd be great, you know, and, uh, and now that uh, I've tasted t- 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 twice, uh, you know, I want even more. But right now, you know, tonight we've got to think about our match. You know, my match against Brutus Beefcake and my partner, Tom, we're against his match uh, for uh, Greg Valentine. So, you know, and then after that, it was one thing at a time right now. Would you go for Intercontinental? Well, you know, right now, Cal, I'm concentrating on the Tag Team Championship. And, and uh, you know, once we get it, then we'll see <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's just a lot of hard work. And also we'd like to take this opportunity to uh, thank the fans, uh, you know, all over. You know, they've been with us 100% and it feels great. There's nothing that feels better than when you go there and people are with you.
15: Rick, I don't know why because you're so ugly, but they're still getting a lot of mail about you. And now that we got this other ugly guy, Tom, what, what are we going to do about the girls?
16: I hope you don't do anything about it. They've been real receptive so far. Uh, I like it. You like it? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, we'll be right
1: back. All right, not a whole lot you could say about that one. Just uh, appreciate you guys sticking through that one. Not every soundbite the prettiest. And up next on the card, it is the Can-Am Connection in singles competition back-to-back matches. First, Tom Zink defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine in a disqualification, 11 minutes, 39 seconds, after Valentine intentionally dropped Zink crotch first across the top rope. Then from there, Rick Martell battling Brutus Beefcake to a double countout, 15 minutes and 35 seconds. So not successful here tonight or either member of the Canons, at least by pinfall. And in the main event, WWF champion Hulk Hogan teaming with Rowdy Roddy Piper taking on the team of Kamala and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Remember that awesome angle from last month, guys. Paul Orndorff dressed as Kim Chi, attacking Hulk Hogan during his one-on-one match with Kamala last month. Paul Orndorff dressed up as Kim Chi, attacked the Hulkster, drops him in the big pile driver, only to unmask himself why it wasn't Kim Chi at all. It was indeed Mr. Wonderful leading to this tag team match here that sees Hogan and Piper defeat the team of Kamala and Orndorff in just nine minutes, Hogan pinning Mr. Wonderful after Kamala accidentally nailing Orndorff when Hogan moved out of the way. So Hulkster scoring a pinfall here on Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff doing the job in Philly. And the action rolls on to Toronto in Maple Leaf Gardens, March 15th. 18,000 in the crowd. A sellout, guys. And yes, it's time for the Frank Tunney Memorial Tag Team Tournament. Included Gorilla Monsoon, Luscious Johnny V and Jimmy Hart on commentary in non tournament matches. CV Afi defeating the Red Demon. That's Jose Luis Rivera there in 4 minutes and 45 seconds after a top rope body press. Also on the card, listen to this Hillbilly Jim defeating Dino Bravo on a disqualification in 535. Bravo accidentally nailing the referee after Hillbilly Jim dodging out of the way there. So, Bravo all the way back in 87, protected by Vince McMahon. Not doing the job. No job, At least, not by pinfall. Dino Bravo. Hillbilly Jim scoring a win over Dino Bravo. That was on this card. But now it's time for the big stuff. The tournament. First round action. The Killer Bees over Kamala and Sika. Also, the Can-Am Connection defeating the team of Jerry Allen and Danny Spivey demolition over the british bulldogs on a disqualification in about five minutes after the referee missed luscious johnny v on the outside tripping up Davy boy smith from behind leading to the dynamite kid throwing a chair into the ring and Davy boy smith being caught using the chair on demolition the bulldogs dq'd dynamite kid protected again here as we go into the final match of the quarterfinals it's mr wonderful paul Orndorf and king kong bunny defeating the team of don morocco and cowboy bob orton orndorff pinning Orton after Morocco accidentally hitting his own partner with Mr. Fuji's cane. Which takes us to the semifinals, and this is a little bit of a shocker to me, Demolition defeating the team of the Can-Am Connection, albeit on a countout, in over nine minutes of action after Axe had shoved Tom Zink into the steel post, knocking him out, allowing Demolition to pick up that countout victory in the semifinals here. Everyone thought the Can-Ams were a sure thing here to go on and take on the Hart Foundation at the end of the night, but wasn't meant to be. Other semi-final action saw the Killer Bees over the team of Paul Orndorff and King Kong Bundy. Match only went 4 minutes and 22 seconds. Brian Blair pinning his good buddy Paul Orndorff, that's real-life good buddy, with a reverse roll-up there. Taking us into the finals of the tournament, it was the Killer Bees defeating the team of Axe and Smash Demolition. Hey, they're still new. 6 minutes and 16 seconds. Blair once again scoring the win, pinning Axe this time with a sunset flip off the top rope after the Killer Bees have put on their masks did the old switcheroo, and thanks to pre-match stipulations, it was the Bees being gifted a tag team title shot here at the end of the night in the Maple Leaf Gardens, and in the match, the Bees were ordered to remove their masks. They couldn't wear their masks for this one, but guess what, guys? The Bees have more masks in those trunks. How many masks do they keep in their trunks? Yes, the Killer Bee's pulling out a second pair of masks in the middle of this match, but you have to wonder, wait a minute, if they were ordered to take them off before the match, that doesn't mean they can use new ones in the middle of the match, does it? Nevertheless, the Bees do the old switcheroo yet again and have the Hitman, Bret Hart, pinned. But it doesn't work out, and tag team champions the Hart Foundation retain their titles defeating the Killer Bees after the Hitman pins Brian Blair. So take that, Brian Blair, jumping Jim Renzel, not part of any of these falls all night. Once again, it was that dastardly small package, Brian Blair putting the Hitman, the Bees do the old switcheroo, Brian Blair putting the Hitman, and Danny Davis sneaking in, turning the inside cradle over, allowing the Heart Foundation to steal yet another one. And then it's off to the Richfield Coliseum, Richfield, Ohio, on March 15th. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine over Haku. Outlaw Ron Bass defeating Special Delivery Jones. Dick Slater yet again defeating the Assassin. Jake the Snake Roberts scoring a victory over the Iron Sheik. The batshit crazy Tama of the Islanders battling Brutus Beefcake to a draw. The Honky Tonk Man picking up a win over Coco Beware, and in six-man elimination action, the main event, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, and George the Animal Steel, subbing, yep, say it with me again, for the missing in action Junkyard Dog. Oh, dog, what are you doing to yourself here? So it's Piper, Steamboat, and the Animal defeating the team of the Macho Man, Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis in the main event there in Richfield. As we move on to London, Ontario in the London Gardens, March 16th in front of 4,500 fans featuring Gorilla Monsoon, Johnny V and Jimmy Hart yet again on commentary. On the undercard, it's Special Delivery Jones over the Red Demon. Sika pinning Cowboy Frankie Lane. Siviafi defeating Ivan McDonald. Jose Luis Rivera doing double duty. was the Red Demon in the SD Jones match. Wrestling again, this time as a babyface himself. Jose Luis Rivera, this time picking up the win over Johnny K-9. Also, Tom McGee defeating Terry Gibbs. Outlaw Ron Bass over Lanny Pafo. Demolition defeating the team of Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen. Coco Beware battling Danny Davis to a time limit draw in about 17 minutes. I guess they were calling that a 20 minute time limit draw. What a match that had to be, I guess we'll find out in April as part of Primetime Wrestling. That match slated to air then. Can't wait. And in the main event, it was the British Bulldogs defeating Champion Heart Foundations on a disqualification. In about 6 minutes, 19 seconds, when Danny Davis interfered, jumping from the top rope, delivering a blow to Davy Boy Smith. So the Bulldogs pick up the win, but not the belts. And it's off to the West Coast, the left coast, if you will. Los Angeles, California, in the sports arena. March the 16th, in front of 4,400 fans, included another Piper's Pit segment. Piper saying goodbye to his fans in Los Angeles. But wait a minute, Hot Rod, you're headed to Hollywood. You'll see them all the time. Also at this show... Entertainment Tonight correspondent Paula McClure was in attendance to film clips of the matches and backstage interviews for a segment which will air just days before WrestleMania 3, that final hard sell for the pay-per-view. On the card in LA, it's Outback Jack over Frenchie Martin, Jacques Rougeau defeating Bob Orton on a DQ, Blackjack Mulligan over Nikolai Volkov, The Iron Sheik defeating Nick Kaniski, Raymond Rougeau battling Don Morocco to a draw, Hercules over Dick Slater, And in the main event, it's not a six man, but rather an eight man elimination match. Survivor Series style guys. Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, and the would be Junkyard Dog. JYD once again, a no show. So it's Piper, Steamboat, Santana, and Blackjack Mulligan defeating the team of the Macho Man, Harley Race, Adrian Adonis, and Butch Reed. Of course, this being Piper's farewell in Los Angeles, Roddy is the survivor there. Think about that team for a minute. How cool would that have been? For a Survivor Series team. How we went into 87, let's pretend Piper was still there and everything was the way it was right here. Look at that team. W- the original team was slated to be here of Piper, Steamboat, Tito Santana, and the Junkyard Dog. My gosh. Of course, uh, yes, I, and there's people out there saying, Well, Survivor Series started off with five on five, not four on four. Yes, I know, guys, but I'm just fantasy booking here. Work with me. The WWF in Denver, Colorado at the McNichols Arena, March 16th, in front of thirty three hundred and sixty-two fans. King Kong Bundy defeating Billy Jack Haynes at a countout, and in the main event, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan teaming with The Crusher. Interesting choice there, defeating the team of the Honky Tonk Man and Kamala. That would have been an interesting team. Finish saw Hogan pinning the Ugandan Headhunter, while The Crusher laid out Honky Tonk Man with the big bolo punch. It's fun seeing The Crusher pop up here and there in AWA country for the WWF. March 17th, Waterloo, Iowa at the McElroy Auditorium. On the card, Roddy Piper, Jake Roberts, and scheduled to be the Junkyard Dog, who knows if he made it, taking on the trio of the Honky Tonk Man, Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis. No results there, so we move on back to the West Coast. San Francisco at the old famous Cow Palace. On March the 17th, action sees Blackjack Mulligan over the Iron Sheik. Paul Roma defeating Frenchie Martin. Nick Kaniski scoring a win over Steve Lombardi. Bob Orton defeating Raymond Rougeau. Jacques Rougeau taking the Magnificent Morocco to a time-limit draw. Kamala battling King Kong Bundy to a double countout. Nikolai Volkov defeating Outback Jack. Wow, I think that's Jack's first job here. Doing the job to Volkov and in the main event, another elimination match six-man style Randy Savage, Hercules, and Butch Reed defeating the team of Billy Jack Haynes, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and Tito Santana. Arriba! So the heels go over here I believe this is the first time I've seen the heels go over in these elimination matches, if I'm not mistaken. Also March the 17th, New Market, Ontario. Is that really a place? New Market, Ontario, really? At the Recreational Complex. Openers saw Special Delivery Jones over the Red Demon, but I made an asterisk here because this marks the referee debut of Jimmy Corderas. Yes, made his referee debut on March the 17th, 1987 here in Ontario during the SD Jones Red Demon Opener. Also on the card, Tom McGee over Terry Gibbs, outlaw Ron Bass over leaping Lanny Poffo. Demolition, defeating the team of Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen. Coco Beware, battling Danny Davis to a time limit draw yet again. And in the main event, the Bulldogs, defeating tag team champion Hart Foundation on a disqualification after interference from Danny Davis. We move on to March 18th, getting oh so closer to WrestleMania. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in front of 3,500 fans at the Mecca. Sees the Can-Am Connection defeat the Dream Team. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff over George the Animal Steel on a disqualification. And in the main event, yet another six-man elimination match. Listen to this one, though. It's Jake the Snake Roberts teaming with Rick Martell of the Can-Am Connection and the Crusher, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But it's Rick Martell, the Crusher, and Jake the Snake Roberts. What an odd trio. Defeating the team of Adrian Adonis, King Harley Race, and the Honky Talk Man, Roberts, the sole survivor here. Now, you might be asking, what the hell was up with this babyface team? Well, the team was initially slated to be Jake the Snake Roberts teaming with Rowdy Roddy Piper and the Junkyard Dog. But as you know, Junkyard Dog's been MIA for weeks now, or at least for multiple events now. And Roddy Piper, well, we're going to talk more about that in just a minute as well. So, who to replace Piper and the dog in this main event? But former AWA World Heavyweight Champion Rick Martell makes sense. And of course, The man who made Milwaukee famous, The Crusher. You Couldn't ask for better replacements, at least in the AWA country, than Rick Martel and The Crusher. Here in the WWF, yes, Rick Martel, former two-time tag team champion with Tony Gurria. Yes, he's hot right now with Tom Zenk as part of the Can-Am Connection. But here in Milwaukee, they remember Rick Martel not that long ago as the AWA world champion. And The Crusher, well, he's been famous in this part of the country for decades by this point. But, man, you want to talk about a match I'd love to see. This would have been it. Now, we get back to Roddy Piper for just a moment. The reason Piper begins no-showing events, basically from this point forward all the way to WrestleMania, Roddy Piper doesn't return until WrestleMania. Remember, he wrestled in Los Angeles, I believe, on the 16th, was it? And we haven't seen Roddy since then. That's because Roddy went back to his hotel room to take a shower and touched a live wire while in the shower. Yes, guys, electrocuted himself. And it was, it was a pretty severe injury. There was question if Hot Rod would even make it to WrestleMania. So if you're wondering where Roddy Piper disappears to at this point, yeah, that's what happened. Unbelievable. I know. Crazy story. Roddy Piper getting ready to retire from the ring, making his last round of farewells, heading into the pay-per-view. And at this point, we don't even know if he's going to make the pay-per-view. WrestleMania 3. Roddy Piper electrocuting himself while in the shower, touching a live wire. Unbelievable. Talk about dangerous. Kids, don't try that at home. But the action continues. Oshawa, Ontario at the Civic Auditorium marks the 18th. Outlaw Ron Bass over Lanny Pafo. Tom McGee defeats Terry Gibbs yet again. Special delivery Jones defeating Jose Luis Rivera. Demolition once again scoring a win over Dan Spivey and Jerry Allen. And this marks the end of Dan Spivey's run here. At least this run. Spivey actually suffers an injury during this match to his knee. Tearing just about everything in there. And he won't be back until September. Danny Spivey yet again injuring his knee. He's had injuries with that before. It's kept him out in the past. In fact, he came in to professional wrestling because of past knee injuries in football. So demolition over Spivey and Jerry Allen here. And Dan Spivey now gone from the WWF till the fall. So for those people trying to include Spivey in their WrestleMania fantasy booking, this is why you can't. Also in Oshawa, Coco Beware battling Danny Davis to a double countout and the British Bulldogs yet again defeating the Hart Foundation tag team champion Hart Foundation on a DQ after interference from Mr. Danny Davis. The WWF invades Chicago, Illinois and the Rosemont Horizon. March the 19th in front of 7,391 fans, Tom Zink battling Brutus Beefcake to a 20-minute draw. The Crusher gets some more playing time here in AWA country. Subbing for the Missing in Action Junkyard Dog yet again, Crusher, teaming with Jake the Snake Roberts and George the Animal Steel, and that trio battling the team of Paul Orndorff, the King Harley Race, and the Honky Tonk Man to a double disqualification. So six-man tag there, no elimination rules. The Crusher, George Steel, Jake the Snake Roberts, battling Mr. Wonderful, the King, and the Honky Tonk Man to a double DQ. And in the main event, WWF Champion Hulk Hogan, with Billy Jack Haynes in his corner, pinning Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff subbing for the mighty Hercules here. Orndorff had Bobby Heenan and Andre the Giant in his corner. And You guys might be asking, well, what happened to Hercules? Because he hasn't really flaked out in the past. He's not really a no-show kind of guy. He doesn't have any injuries right now. Where was Hercules for this show? Well, story goes that Hercules accidentally flew to Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, there was a show on the 19th as well in Tacoma. Instead of making it here to Chicago to take on champion Hulk Hogan. And with the Crusher subbing for JYD yet again, we're less than two weeks before WrestleMania 3, guys. And Junkyard Dog missing in action. No showing events heading into the biggest show in professional wrestling history. Just no showing left and right. This can't end well for the JYD. And we just talked about Tacoma. Well, here it is, March the 19th at WWF at the Tacoma Dome in Washington in front of 5,980 fans. King Kong Bundy defeating Kamala on a DQ. Raymond also scoring a win over Cowboy Bob Orton out of DQ in less than a minute's time. The Magnificent Morocco battling Jacques Rougeau to a 20-minute draw. Blackjack Mulligan scoring a win over Nikolai Volkov in under a minute. And in the main event, six-man elimination, it was Ricky Steamboat, Tito Santana, and Blackjack Mulligan in the ring again, this time subbing for the injured Roddy Piper. Steamboat, Santana, and Mulligan over the team of the Macho Man Randy Savage, Adrian Adonis, and the natural Butch Reed there. Look at this card, guys. Bundy over Kamala DQ. Raymond Rougeau over Bob Orton DQ. Morocco and Jacques Rougeau battling to a draw. Mulligan and Volkov going under a minute. Not the greatest results you'd want here. As the WWF moves on to Omaha, Nebraska, the Civic Auditorium, March the 20th, in front of a sellout crowd of 10,120 fans. Results see Dino Bravo over Brad Rangans. Hacksaw Jim Duggan over Iron Mike Sharp. Dick Slater defeating Jimmy Jack Funk. Six-man action with George the Animal Steel, Jake the Snake Roberts, and the Crusher, subbing once again for the Junkyard Dog, defeating the trio of the King Harley Race, the Honky Tonk Man, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. It all came down to Jake Roberts versus Mr. Wonderful. And get this, guys, the Snake Man pins Paul Orndorff. But we're not done yet. The main event, he made it back, guys. The mighty Hercules steps in the ring, but does the job to WWF champion Hulk Hogan And also, March 20th, Sacramento, California. The Arco Arena in front of 11,111 fans. That's 11,111. A sellout at the Arco Arena. Listen to the card. Paul Roma over Steve Lombardi. The Iron Sheik defeating Nick Kaniski. Outback Jack down Frenchie Martin. Raymond Rougeau over Cowboy Bob Orton. Don Morocco battling Jacques Rougeau to a time limit draw. Blackjack Mulligan over Nikolai Volkov by a disqualification. King Kong Bundy battling Kamala to a double countout. And in the main event, six-man elimination action. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Tito Santana, and Blackjack Mulligan subbing for the injured Roddy Piper over the trio of Adrian Adonis, Butch Reed, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And you might be wondering, listening to this card, this sold out? The Arco Arena, 11,000-plus in their seats? Well, you got to remember, this show was sold under Piper's Farewell Tour. So this was to be Roddy Piper's final match in Sacramento as we head into WrestleMania 3. but Roddy misses yet another date due to his injury, and the fans, well, that's why they say, card subject to change. As we move on, it's our final set of TV tapings, our final two nights of WWF action heading in to WrestleMania. Night one at the Thomas and Mack Center, Las Vegas, Nevada, the WWF's debut in Las Vegas. March the 21st Superstars taping. The report here by a young fellow with the name of Michael Tanay. Mike Tanay, huh? All right. And remember, guys, this is not full results of the tapings. These are just random notes from the shows. In fact, all of the matches and segments taped on the next two nights of Superstars and Wrestling Challenge tapings won't air until April into maybe even early May in the WWF. Remember, they're taking a lot of time off in April after WrestleMania. Thus, they're getting their tapings out of the way now, so we'll see if they give away anything that's to transpire at the big pay-per-view. Let's take a look. Let's see what Michael Tanay had to say. So here we go with results. 14,434 fans in attendance, 11,942 paid. And some of the dark matches, the shadow. Randy Colley once again doing the shadow gimmick rather than the assassin. Going over on leaping Lanny Paphos. So there might be something to this shadow character. Also, Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeating Nikolai Volkov. Five minutes and eight seconds. Tanay reports the last thing before the tapings began rolling saw Howard Finkel introduce Missy Hyatt, who was given one line to recite. She said, let's hear it for the Runnin' Rebels. The Runnin' Rebels is the nickname for the Las Vegas College basketball powerhouse team in the midst of the NCAA tournament here back in 1987, also the hottest sports team in town at the time. So yes, Missy Hyatt being used as a babyface with that line. The line was strictly cheap heat, obviously, to make sure Missy Hyatt would get the favorable reaction. When she came out to do her segments later in the show, some other notes from the superstars taping. It's reported that Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo now with bleach blonde hair. So we've cracked the code. I assume that Bravo's first appearance with the bleach blonde look will be WrestleMania three because this won't air until April. But here it is. The tapings here at the end of March. It's Greg Valentine teaming with the now bleach blonde Dino Bravo. They were introduced as the new dream team and won a squash match. Bravo doing most of the work in order to get himself over as the new partner of Greg the Hammer Valentine. Also on the show, the Honky Talk Man won a squash, Jimmy Hart at ringside with a sign that read, BAN THE DDT! So that looks like the Jake and Honky Talk Man storyline will continue after WrestleMania. Then came the debut of Missy's Manor. In a plush apartment-type setting, says Mike Tenay, I call it a penthouse, Missy Hyatt wears leather outfits, a new one for each hour, and the mic is on the ground so that she has to bend over and pick it up for each segment segments are mainly sexual innuendos says mike Tanay here and we're going to get our first gander our first look well our first listen to missy hyatt and missy's manner or is it missy's manners missy's very first guests bobby the brain heenan and the king harley race ladies and gentlemen missy hyatt
17: The dress? Well, now since you've seen the front, would you like to see the back? Please welcome my two guests, Bobby the Brain Heenan and the King.
13: Uh, how, are <laughs> how are you?
17: I feel great. Would you Call you, the brain, instead of the brawn, and what are you looking at?
10: Oh, just something on my cuff here. Uh, the reason they call me the brain is because I pull off some of the biggest deals in wrestling history because of the contracts I've negotiated with people, and I'm just the brain, and I'm also manager of the king the king, the man that has done it all
17: oh you mean you've really done it all
10: well up until right now I really thought I had you know uh- since uh, we're kicking off your first program here, and we're your guest, and uh, I guess it's going to be kind of a kind of a regular thing now, and uh, I'd like to know what I can put down in my uh, date book when we'll be back, the King and I.
17: Well, let me put it like this: Have you heard the old saying, "Don't call us, we'll call you"?
13: We
17: I'll see you here next week on Missy's
1: Manor. All right, and the King Harley Race said uh, he thought he had done it all, but now he's met Missy Hyatt. Very interesting there. Here's what the history of WWE had to say about this segment. It says, featured an untelevised segment of Missy Hyatt's Missy's Manor with guest Bobby the Brain Heenan and King Harley Race where Missy questioned Heenan as to why he was called the Brain and not the Brawn, Heenan then asked when they would be invited back to the show, with Missy telling him, don't call us, we'll call you. Heenan and Race then storming off the set, not very good. And when you have a segment involving Bobby the Brain Heenan and it's not very good, ugh, you're in trouble. And the first hour of the tapings concluded with the Hart Foundation winning a squash match, then being chased away from ringside by the British Bulldogs and their Bulldog Matilda, Dynamite Kid had a hard time just walking to the ring, it's reported, and barely could climb the steps to get into the ring, it's really awkward to watch. Obviously, the Can-Am Connection are on hold now for a while to become Tag Team Champions because the Hart Foundation will apparently feud with the Bulldogs at least through the end of May. So it was reported that the Can-Am's were likely going to get the belts pretty fast here, but instead, eh, well, now the push is on hold. Maybe the push isn't on hold, but the title win is on hold until after the month of May. The Bulldogs are back and they're going to finish up their feud with the Hart Foundation in the meantime. And with the second hour, more changes coming here in the WWF as Kamala and Sika form a tag team for this show with new manager, a face painted Mr. Fuji. So it would appear King Curtis Iakea, a.k.a. the Wizard, has retired once again to his native Hawaii. So long, King Curtis, it was fun while it lasted.
2: This week, Kamala has been uncontrollable. Even I with all the powers, have had a very, very difficult time with Kamala as he salivates. As the saliva rolls down that big black chin and across his gross stomach, as he thinks of chewing on the thigh bone of the rare white Bengal tiger, Hulk Hogan
11: himself. You see, Kenneth, the entire eyes and ears of the world from
2: the heart of Africa to the Golden Triangle of Shanghai to Singapore, to every where the United States will be riveted on the hallowed sports center in Boston, the famous Boston Gardens, when Kamala actually lays eyes on the rare white Bengal tiger Hulk Hogan the Grand Wizard himself will be gravitating above Boston Gardens so that Kamala will have the power to change destiny in 200 countries and half a billion people around the world when he cites the power in the Hulk Hogan's
1: head. Also in the second hour, more of Missy's Manor. This time her guests, the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: Missy Hyatt.
17: to Mrs. Manners, and I feel just about as good as I look. I'd like to welcome my two guests, the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart.
18: Mercy, you look pretty good, baby. Oh, please I, I sit can, down. I can see you like the Honky Tonk Man already.
17: Um, I was just wondering, where'd you get those clothes?
18: Missy, I'd rather talk about me and you and later tonight, but It seems you're just like everybody else you want to know all the personal things about the honky tonk man and i'll tell you where i got my clothes there's a little place in memphis that makes them for the honky tonk man they do a pretty good job on them and i can tell that you want to run your fingers through my hair i can tell you want to touch me
17: (laughs) um i'm really not into that greasy kid stuff but there is something that guitar i mean you carry it around with you but i've never heard you sing
18: well, I don't sing because I know all the people in the World Wrestling Federation, they love the Honky Tonk Man. They're behind me 100% in everything I do, and until they learn to appreciate me, they're not going to hear me sing.
17: Well, hey, if you're singing as good as your wrestling, yeah. Let me tell you something, sweetheart.
5: Hey, when the honky-tonk man sings, all the girls scream. And I can see you winking those two big blue eyes at the honky-tonk man right now. I have to stand up 24 hours a day, baby, discarding his hotel room door to keep the girls away from him. One time, 3,000 girls attacked this man and ripped out of his clothes off, and he was standing there naked as a jaybird.
17: I wouldn't like to see that. Come on, honky, we don't have to listen to this anymore. Come on, come on, we'll never be back on this program. next week, right here in Missy's Manor.
1: Alright, here Mike Tenet noted that this segment with the Honky Tonk Man was pretty bad and the fans were growing restless, I'll say. The History of WWE website had to say this about the Honky Tonk Man edition of Missy's Manor. It says, featured yet another Missy's Manor with guest Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart where Missy questioned Honky as to why he carries the guitar but never actually sings with Honky saying that even though the fans love him, they need to show him a bit more respect before they can hear him sing. Missy then mentioned that his singing would stink as much as his wrestling, with Jimmy Hart then taking honky off the set after saying he always has to keep the women away from the honky tonk man. Missy Hyatt not looking too interested there in Jimmy Hart or HTM. And then what had been pushed for six weeks on TV as an elimination match was instead a one-fall match as Jake the Snake Roberts, the Junkyard Dog, he is back, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated the team of the Macho Man, Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis when Jake the Snake cradled Harley Race from behind, then put the snake on him after the match. Six-man tag went eight and a half minutes. And it's noted here that this was the only appearance for four of six of these men on the taping, including Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage, Adonis, and JYD. JYD finally bothering to show up, but he's now being phased out. Gee, I wonder why. Steamboat and Savage, this is their only appearance on the tapings because they were doing the title change upcoming at WrestleMania, thus neither man could really come out with the belt, so they kept him off TV here in Adonis, obviously, because he hadn't got his new haircut yet. Now, Roddy Piper also was supposed to be in this match, replaced by Jake the Snake Roberts here. He was also supposed to do a live Piper's Pit segment to say one final goodbye, and this was hyped heavily in Las Vegas' Piper's Vegas farewell. Wills entrance, because this is the debut of the WWF from Las Vegas, but also his farewell at the same time, this would have been Piper's last match prior to WrestleMania. But remember, he's out due to being electrocuted. Piper out with an injury replaced by Jake the Snake here. And the third hour opens up with Demolition, Axe, and Smash winning a squash match, now managed by the painted-faced Mr. Fuji, Demelt says, which takes even the slimmest hopes away of Demolition ever getting over. Oh, really, Meltzer. So Axe and Smash no longer managed by luscious Johnny V, but rather Mr. Fuji. So Fuji has now acquired Kamala, Sika, and Demolition all in the same TV taping series. He's got to be a happy camper. I don't know what that means for Morocco and Orton moving forward, but Fuji here made quite the coup between Demolition and Kamala, especially. Also part of this hour, it's reported that Tito Santana pinned a fellow by the name of Eddie D. I'm sorry that happened. Eddie D, who Southern California fans will know better as Buddha Khan, real name Eddie Carter. Was well, that for true? Oh, yes, that's for true. And after two more squashes, it was time yet again for Missy's Manor. And the fans were even more pissed this time than they were during the Honky Tonk Man segment. And that says a lot because her guests this time were the babyface team of Tom Zink and Rick Martell, the Can-Am Connection. Let's take a listen.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, Missy
2: Hyatt!
17: Welcome to Mrs. Manor. You know, I am just beginning to be the most talked about lady on television today. I would like to welcome my two guests, the Can-Am Connection. Please, sit down. I like this. (laughs) Well, I know the challenge is the two greatest and probably the most hottest tag team today.
16: Uh, It's getting a little hot around here, isn't it, Uh, Tom? Yeah, it is. uh, Just like in the ring, you know, with all those bodies flying, uh, things have a tendency to get a little hot out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Excuse me, Missy, but uh, uh, accidentally there, your foot is rubbing against my leg. uh,
17: It's no accident. (laughs) You know, speaking of legs, uh, you have got the two best looking bodies I have seen. How do you get such nice muscles?
16: Well, you don't look, (laughs) you look pretty good yourself. (laughs) Let me see. but to uh, consider the question, we, uh, we work out about four times a week. We work out about four times a week. We get in there for at least two hours. It's exciting. We have a great workout. And after we get out of that workout, we got a great pump.
17: <laughs> I bet you do. So how do you like Mrs. Manor?
16: We love it. It's a great place. Uh, you have nice taste. and You know, I bet you have some other rooms that look as nice as this one. Would, would you mind, I'm sure, Tom? You know, if you could give us a guided tour. Yeah.
1: But of course. Okay, and it's reported that the fans booed the segment heavily. And when it started, about 75% of the crowd wouldn't even turn around to watch the interview at the back of the arena. And so after Missy Hyatt turns down proposals from Bobby Heenan and the Honky Talk Man in the first two episodes of Missy's Manor, she winds up asking both Rick Martell and Tom Zink to take a walk through her manor. She's going to show them around, if you know what I mean. Doesn't seem to really get over with the fans in attendance. And it's kind of funny because you fast forward Missy Hyatt's book uh, on, the, on the back page, uh, Tom Zink and Brian Pillman. Tom Zink says something along the lines of, her, Pillman, and Zink made a great tag team under the covers. So take that for what you will. Missy Hyatt hitting on the uh, Can-Am connection, and they don't seem to mind. Martel and Zink offer the grand tour of Missy's manor, if you know what I mean. DeMeltz comments on these tapings of Missy's Manor. He says, From what I'm told, none of these segments will air. They were more like dress rehearsals and Missy Hyde's televised debut will air either on April 18th or April 25th, in which they will just show a brief clip announcing that Missy will be taking over Piper's pit. And the first set of tapings for Missy's Manor will actually be taped on April 23rd at the TV tapings in Worcester. Meltzer says hopefully by then they'll switch her over to playing a heel. Also on this taping, Billy Jack Haynes teams with Blackjack Mulligan over the team of Rick Rinslow and Dave Wagner, Mulligan pinning Rinslow there. But during the squash match, Hacksaw Duggan comes to ringside in street clothes with a 2x4 and a ringside ticket in his mouth. The place goes absolutely nuts for Hacksaw, it's reported here, as he has a ringside seat for the upcoming match, which sees a six-man tag team battle, natural butchery, teaming with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, taking on the team of C.V. Afi and the Islanders, And as Nikolai begins to sing the national anthem, Duggan jumps over the guardrail into the ring, ticket still in his mouth, and clears the ring with his two-by-four. If you're wondering the result of the match, it's Butch Reed pinning Siviafi. And then, as promised for the local fans only, this is not to be televised, three big matches. Three dark matches here involving the honky-tonk man taking on George the Animal Steel, six-man tag-team action with Ricky Steamboat, the Junkyard Dog, and Jake the Snake Roberts subbing for Roddy Piper, taking on the trio of the Macho Man Randy Savage, the King Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis. We talked about that a little bit before. And in the main event, it was slated to see WWF Champion Hulk Hogan battling Hercules. Three big dark matches here, and we have promos for all three. We're going to listen to them in succession, so pay attention closely. Promo's going to start with Bobby the Brain Heenan talking about Hercules taking on Hulk Hogan. We're also going to hear from both the Honky Tonk Man and George the Animal Steel about their upcoming matchup, and then more promos from the Macho Man and Hercules, as well as Rowdy Roddy Piper and WWF Champion Hulk Hogan. Lots of promos coming your way. Take a listen.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready this great city of Las Vegas, Action City. Get ready for the debut of the World Wrestling Federation out of the campus of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Max Center. Saturday night, March the 21st, the World Wrestling Federation is going to be right here in town in this great state of Nevada. And I personally am looking forward to getting back and spending time with with the many great fans that we have here in the Las Vegas area. 7.30 p.m. start, by the way, on the 21st. Jake the Snake Roberts will be going against Ugandan headhunter out of that match to start sharply at 7:30 p.m bobby heenan with all that's happening in regard to wrestlemania 3 at the silver dome back in pontiac michigan now all of a sudden you have demanded you have not insisted of promoters a non-title bout for hulk hogan against <coughs> your man hercules what do you got up
10: your sleeve now? oh i've got a lot up my sleeve you see i'm saving you hogan you take a cat And you put a parakeet in there with them, and all the parakeet does all day long is try to survive. And the cat knocks all the feathers off the bird. And then that little, little, little yellow bird stands there and shivers and freezes. See, Hogan, you're that yellow bird. Andre the Giant is that big cat. And all these other feathers are the the things I'm planning. I wonder if we could
3: talk wrestling here instead of canaries.
10: Sure, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but don't talk to me about it. Mr. Hogan, it's a non-title match. That's the way I want it. Because I don't want that title to slip to anybody else but Andre the Giant on the 29th of March in WrestleMania three. But here, Saturday night, March 21st in Las Vegas, the town that I made famous. See these? I am old blue eyes. That's what they call me here in town. So it's a non-title match. You can have Sinatra, Tom Jones. You can have anybody you want. The Misfits, I don't care. Because, Hogan, you are going to be hurt and you're gonna be hurt real bad maybe not real bad but bad enough so when you get in the ring with Andre the Giant it's all over see Hercules is the most powerful athlete probably in the world today next to Andre the Giant and right here Las Vegas Strip the desert Hoover Dam everything you said is Hulkamania is great say what you want talk is cheap big mouth you gotta get in that ring and prove it remember non-title I don't want you to lose that title one bit But I want everybody, everybody right here in Vegas to see your carcass carted out of that building. You are going to be hurt, and I'm going to roll them bones and pull them one-armed bandits and make a bet.
3: All right, I thank you very much, Bobby then Heenan. Then
10: I'm going out to the ranch and see some friends of mine.
3: Well, I want to say a special hello to my very dear, close, personal friend, Angie, at Caesar's Palace. I look forward to seeing you at the Max Center for the debut of the World Wrestling... I don't know the number. i got to get a hold of her somehow. Bobby Heenan, yes, Hercules to meet. Hulk Hogan, non-title matchup for the debut of the World Wrestling Federation. It's one you won't want to miss. Get your tickets in advance.
10: I got the number. You have you have the number,
3: Just a second. Wait. Hold on. All right, fans. We're going to be in Las Vegas. The debut of the World Wrestling Federation. Thomas and Max Center. Saturday night, March the 21st. Dave Aronson. I expect to see you out at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. The debut in an untitled bout, by the way. Hulk Hogan will be going against Hercules. Andre in the corner of Hercules. Billy Jack in the corner of Hulk Hogan. George the Animal Steel. George, come on out. The opening bout. You're going to be facing the honky-tonk, man. George... George Steele, please. At 7.30 p.m. this amazing... George! Come on, George. I know, it's like pulling teeth. George, come on in. George, don't be so shy. You don't have to hide from anybody. You owe owe somebody money here? Huh, George? You, You played craps in town and lost. Apparently, I don't know what's going on here. Tough to extract any information. Tough to, tough to conduct a conversation with this man.
2: What's this, George? Weeds. Hockey talk! Play. Bad. Music! He's not good at all. Guitar!
0: Break! See? Oh,
3: I see, I see. See? All right, fans, Thomas the Max Center, Las Vegas, out at the. University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Saturday night, March the 21st. Come on in if you would, Hockey Talk Man. I'm here at Chains, Guitars, everything here this week. Mm,
18: don't that sound good, Gene? Not really. Not really. <laughs> 7.30, March the 21st. Las Vegas, Nevada, is going to sound real good. It's going to sound good to everybody there, all my fans. They gave me all the support I needed. All of my people that's behind me when I hit Jake the Snake over the head with this guitar. You take requests? Yes, I do. What, what do you want to hear? I'd like to hear Unchain My Heart. Unchain my heart, Peggy Sue. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. 7.30. The honky-tonk man enjoys the animal. Still, i knocks going to knock some sense in his head, okay?
3: Thank you very much. Oh, Intercontinental Champion, Macho Man Randy Savage, you're involved in a six-man tag. It's going to be Steamboat, Junkyard Dog, and Rowdy, Rowdy Piper... First and last time in Las Vegas, meeting you and your partners, the King of Wrestling and Adrian Adonis.
0: Possible three-versus-one type situation. Could happen. Could, yeah. happen. Could happen.
2: and I single you out.
0: Whoever you are, yeah, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat Dog, Mr. Piper, Junkyard Dog, Wild Times in Las Vegas, Nevada. No gambling type situation here, and hey, non-title.
7: I can let my hair down,
3: yeah. All right, I thank you. Come on in, Hercules, the mighty Hercules, to meet Hulk Hogan in a non-title matchup. Billy Jack in the corner of the heavyweight champion. And in your corner will be the Eighth wonder of the world... Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan.
11: wonder of the world, Bobby Heenan. You know, Hulk Hogan, you know what it is to be a great fighter. You know what it is to be a great warrior. But Hulk Hogan, you don't know what it is to be a great hunter. And I am on the hunt. When the moon is full and the lunar cycle is through, March 21st, when the sun rises, I come down from Mount Olympus. Hulk Hogan, things will be as they should be. The universe will be in accord. Hulk Hogan, I've got Andre the the Giant in my corner, Bobby Heenan in my corner, you have nowhere to go. You got nowhere to hide. When I put that fast breaker on you this time, Daddy, I'm not letting go. And then bones are trying to start breaking, and muscles start ripping. Hulk Hogan, this is the... Get ready, Las Vegas, Saturday night,
3: March the 21st, out at UNLV. All right, World Wrestling Federation debuts here in Las Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Center. Out at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus. Coming up on Saturday night, March the 21st. Saturday, March the 21st. The very first time for the very best in professional wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation. Opening at 7.30 p.m. This one is a main event in itself. George the Animal Steel in Las Vegas to go against the Honky Talk Man. Rowdy Roddy Piper in your first. And last appearance for the World Wrestling Federation here in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You're going to be teaming up with Ricky Steamboat and the Junkyard Dog in a six man tag against you know who Macho Man Randy Savage, the king of wrestling, the man who <laughs> contends he's going to give you a haircut <laughs> in uh, WrestleMania 3, Adrian Adonis.
6: Well, I figured. For once, just for once, I'd give the folks something that they could make a sure bet on. You bet on me winning. That's what you bet on. You see, I got all these guys in their Steamboat JYD, they you know, they don't, I'm not sure about them. I'm not sure where they're coming from. I know about Savage. I know about Harley Race and I know about AD. You see, so I figured to myself, I better have someone, someone that can do something to watch my back in the corner. And I thought to myself, who do I know that can fight the best. Well, it's got to be someone I fought, I think, to myself. And then I said to myself, the world's heavyweight champion. I asked him, would he mind watching my back? Just a little bit, huh? Would you mind watching my back? And when Andre's in your corner, I will watch your back, brother. And he said, yeah. yeah. He said, yeah. He said, Recreate. Yes, sir. Ha!
11: He's there. Well, you
0: don't mean Usually, I'm not a betting man, brother. But now that I know What Piper's game plan is that when he walks out, he's going to take the whole world by storm. I laid the whole wad on Roddy Piper. I didn't have to know who he was fighting. I didn't have to know who was on his side, man. Because I've been using him, man. I've been using him for the psych, brother. For the non title match, Las Vegas, Nevada, brother. Ah, Hercules Hernandez. I know it's all a plan. I know it's all a plot for the gold, for the setup, for WrestleMania, for the Weasel family. And under normal circumstances, I'd be scared to death. But watching this man, watching him work man, watching him steal, lie, cheat, whatever he has to do to protect his family and friends. That turned me on. That made me realize I can break Hercules in half and go on to bigger and better things, like <laughs> squashing that no good, bad, ugly giant.
6: <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you. the we you at the Thomas yeah. & Center
2: yeah.
3: here yeah. in Las yeah. Vegas yeah. Yeah.
6: on March
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: 21st. All right, some really fun promos there. Bobby Heenan talking about Hercules softening Hogan up. For the big match against Andre the Giant in just a week's time at WrestleMania, George the Animal Steel having a little fun there in his as well. Roddy Piper cuts a promo, but obviously doesn't make it to the tapings due to the injury he sustained. So let's take a look at the results real quick, shall we? Honky Tonk Man defeating George the Animal Steel on a countout. This match does eventually air on the April 20th edition of Primetime Wrestling. Honky scoring that countout victory after George Steel becomes distracted by manager Jimmy Hart. Also, we already talked about this a little bit before. Steamboat, JYD, Jake the Snake Roberts downing the team of the Macho Man Randy Savage, King Harley Race, and Adrian Adonis. And then at 11.30 p.m., four hours deep into the show, WWF champion Hulk Hogan finally shows up to take on Hercules in the main event of the night. And the result sees Hulk Hogan retain his WWF championship. Billy Jack Haynes in his corner, pinning the mighty Hercules with the big leg drop. Nine minutes and one second should point out Andre the Giant in the corner of Herc. It's reported that this match went longer than normal Hulk Hogan matches because there was a several minute bear hug in the middle of the match. Perhaps some practice for Andre? And we close things out March 22nd, Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Phoenix, Arizona, in front of 10,900 fans. It's the Wrestling Challenge taping, which is going to wrap things up heading into WrestleMania in one week's time. Included yet more untelevised tapings of Missy's Manor featuring Bobby the Brain Heenan and the King Harley Race, as well as the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart yet again, simply retakes of the previous night's segments. And we don't have these, but we do have more coming in the month of April, so stay tuned for more Missy's Manor. Also on the challenge taping, one of the dark matches sees Ricky the Dragon Steamboat teaming with Billy Jack Haynes, defeating the team of the Macho Man and the Mighty Hercules on a disqualification. 12 minutes into the match, Haynes locking in the full Nelson on the Mighty Hercules, but Savage off the top once too many times with a double axe to the back. A Billy Jack Han's causing the disqualification, Steamboat and Billy Jack picking up the win there. Of course, initially a dark match, finally released on the Randy Savage unreleased, the unseen matches of the Macho Man video. So that match is absolutely now out there for those interested. And in the main event of the challenge tapings, it's WWF champion Hulk Hogan defeating the King Harley Race, subbing for King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant in the corner of Harley here. Hogan picking up the big win and then having a stare down with Andre the Giant to close out the night's show as we finish up here. It was the final show before WrestleMania 3. All roads lead us to WrestleMania 3. And speaking of the monster event, we got another promo for you, another special promo for those Detroit fans, those coming to the Pontiac Silverdome, Hogan and Andre, Piper and Adonis, Steamboat and Savage, and so much more. We close this segment of the show out with a promo from Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. They're headed to WrestleMania.
3: I guess I'm the bearer of bad news and good news at the same time. The bad news, the fact that there will be no giant screen full-color closed circuit or no selected pay-per-view, but there will be the live action itself. That's the good news at the Silverdome in Pontiac on Sunday afternoon, March the 24th. And, wow, what a card in WrestleMania 3. <laughs> Roddy Roddy Piper, folks in the Detroit area throughout the state of Michigan... Very, very sorry to see you hanging it up in your final appearance in the World Wrestling Federation. Final, final. I'll
6: tell you something tell you something about Detroit, I'm glad that they're finally getting something like Wrestlemania, they always, last couple of times they put Wrestlemania in New York and Wrestlemania in LA and Chicago the Detroit fans, and I never say nothing good about nobody the Detroit fans for years have been the most electrifying fans I have ever seen, and you think for one second, after all these years, that I'm gonna let Adrian Adonis come and snip my hair off and send me out after the esteem that I got like a piece of No, no, no. You see, there's a couple guys on this card that's got some problems, man. Or they thought they were problems, man. They ain't problems no more, you see. You see, we got the world's heavyweight champion going against an actual giant. He's the only man in history that has actually put the belt up against this guy. And his name is none other than Mr. Hulk Hogan. And I'm telling you, mister, you ought to be damn proud just for accepting the challenge. But you're going to be much prouder after,
0: because we both know why, huh? Well, you got to be floating on a cloud, man. Woo! you got my head right where it needs to be. They asked me why. They asked me how. They asked me how come. Piper told me. He said, you're on the verge of greatness. Yes, or you're on the verge of disaster. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to live forever? Yeah, yeah. I asked him how. What are you talking about? He says Andre the Giant's the only thing in your way, man. The Hulkamaniacs, the generation, they're living it with you, man. They're praying with the vitamins with you. And if you want it to go on, man, forever and ever, generation after generation, he said, Holster, you got to get by that no-good, nasty giant. It's if you truth. want Hulkamania to live forever. It's that true? Yes, I yeah. want to live forever. And it will live forever. WrestleMania we'll
1: three out of Pontiac
13: in the Silverdome on the
1: 29th. All right, some really fun stuff there. And it's strictly for the Detroit crowd, as you can tell. We won't be able to watch it on local closed-circuit or pay-per-view in the Michigan area. Very smart by the WWF, blacking WrestleMania out in the state of Michigan and even parts of Ontario in order to force everyone to actually come to the event and sell it out. Very smart move there by the WWF. And that wraps this segment of The Grenade Up, the final event before WrestleMania taking place on the 22nd, exactly one week before the big event. And with that, we're on to the main event of this episode of The Grenade, It's the 10th installment, yes, the March 14th, 1987 edition of the WWF's Saturday Night's Main Event.
0: Tonight in the 20-man over-the-top battle royal, I have no friends. The most dangerous match in professional wrestling means each man out for himself. My main objective to get even with Andre the Giant. When you tore my shirt, when you tore the cross off my chest, when you tore the heart and souls out of all those little holsters. That was the reason I cut in this 20-man battle royal. You broke the rules, man. Now there are no rules. Survive with the fittest. Bodies flying out over the top everywhere. My eyes, Andre the Giant, main concern will be focused on your seven foot five, 500 pound, Big, nasty body, and sooner or later in the Battle Royal, it's gonna be just you and me.
10: That's right. You're gonna have your eyes on this gentleman right here. but That's all you're gonna have on him. He's gonna have his eyes on you and his hands all over you, because this is the greatest athlete in the history of sports.
17: Tonight is the first time that I've ever been the prize in a match. If Randy wins, I stay with him. And if George wins, he gets the title. And he gets to keep me. Tonight is definitely the scariest night of my
5: life. <laughs> if she thinks she's scared, imagine how Tito Santana and Danny Spivey feel when they <laughs> meet the Hart Foundation for the first time. A Saturday night main event with the world tag team titles at stake. It may be our first time.
4: But it'll be there last time. <laughs> it's a fact. Men get hungry. But Damien hasn't eaten in over a month. So he's really ready. ready why don't you join us? A special invitation from the snake. Watch us feast on 400 pounds of white meat known as King
13: Kong.
1: and yet another Saturday night's main event getting ready to go right now, guys. This edition was actually originally scheduled to air on March 7th. It was actually bumped up another week due to the Easter Seals telethon emanating from Detroit, Michigan, in the Joe Louis Arena, the same area of which we're going to see WrestleMania 3 in just a couple weeks' time. And while airing on March 14th, this was actually taped back on February 21st. And as we heard on the promos there, Miss Elizabeth, Going to be the prize, a fucking prize, guys. Miss Elizabeth, the prize of the IC Championship match between the Macho Man Randy Savage and George the Animal Steel. Should Steel win the title? Not only does he get the belt, but he gets Miss Elizabeth as well. Elizabeth referring to this as the scariest night of her life. And that's saying something after being with the Macho Man all these years. From there, we heard from Hulk Hogan as well as Bobby Heenan, who had Andre alongside him. Both of these men will be part of that 20-man battle royal later here tonight. Hulk Hogan says there's no friends in a battle royal. It's every man for himself, but his main objective tonight is Andre the Giant. Hulkster said Andre broke the rules, and now there are no rules, brother. Meanwhile, on the other side of things we heard from Bobby the Brain Heenan, Andre standing there silently letting his manager do the talking. Of course, the Brain said that while Hulk Hogan might have his eyes on Andre, the Giant will have his hands on Hulk Hogan. We get some fun Andre the Giant facials in that promo as well. Also, we heard from the Hart Foundation and manager Jimmy Hart, it's their first title defense. As the Harts say, it'll be their first time, but it'll be Tito Santana and Dan Spivey's last time. And they ain't lying. Also on tonight's card, Jake the Snake Roberts, the newly turned babyface Jake the Snake Roberts, scheduled to take on King Kong Bundy. Roberts proclaimed that Damien hasn't eaten in over a month, so it's time to feast on over 400 pounds of white meat and King Kong Bundy here tonight, and the actual original version of Saturday Night's Main Event here back in March of 87, still using the Obsession song by Animotion, but the WWE Network version, the Peacock version, and our version here, we went with the second Saturday Night's Main Event theme, just to prevent any copyright issues. And it's almost time to get to the ring. Our first matchup, the Intercontinental title, and Miss Elizabeth on the line between the Macho Man and George the Animal Steel. But did I mention we have a 20-man battle royal coming up later in the show? Two of the men involved, WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And right now, it's Mean Gene Okerlund standing by with the Hulkster.
3: All right, Hulk Hogan, this is it tonight. It's going to be the first confrontation for you with Andre the Giant, albeit... With 18 others in a 20-man over the top rope paddle royal. Well, you know, there's a lot of those
0: people out there, man, that say, "Why are you doing it? Why don't you wait for a one-on-one confrontation with Andre the Giant?" Well, me and Gene, those few people who say that, they are not Hulkamaniacs, man. The Hulkamaniacs know I like living in the danger zone, man. They know that after Andre the Giant tore the heart and the souls out of all those little Hulksters, I'd take him anytime, anywhere, any place I could. I don't care if there were 450 men in that battle royal. I would still have my sights set on Andre the Giant. I don't care if all of Heenan's men came after me at the same time. I would still have my eyes set on Andre the Giant. And this is the first confrontation, Andre. And I hope I get my hands on you and anybody else that's in the Heenan family. I don't care how dangerous it is. I'll get you for what you did, Andre.
3: All right, what more can I say? Let's go back to you,
1: Vince. All right, and Hulk Hogan saying, the fans asking him, why do it? Why get in the ring with Andre before WrestleMania? Well, those aren't real Hulkamaniacs, dude. The real Hulkamaniacs, they know that Hulk likes living in the danger zone, man. And tonight, it'll be the first in-ring confrontation between the Hulkster and Andre the Giant heading into WrestleMania three. Hogan says he doesn't care if there were 450 men in this battle royal. Tonight, he will get his hands on Andre the Giant and anyone else in the Heenan family. Brother. Of course, not only is Andre part of the Battle Royal, but also Hercules and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, all part of this big Battle Royal, all members of the Heenan family. In fact, it was just a couple months ago that Paul Orndorff nearly escaped the cage match with the WWF title. So let's not overlook the fact that not only is Andre in this Battle Royal, but also other members of the Heenan family, including Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And at this point in the program, we go back in time. We see clips from the January 3rd, 87 edition of Saturday Night's Men event. We see George the Animal Steel taking on the Macho Man. Yes, even then, Steel proceeds to snatch Miss Elizabeth up, carry her backstage during the middle of the matchup before returning to conclude his match with the Macho Man. This was also the match where Ricky Steamboat made his return from his larynx injury. And of course, at the time, they played it off as if George Steel may have kidnapped Miss Elizabeth, but really, we found out that He simply set her down nicely in a locker room backstage, which is probably more than you can say what Randy Savage would have done. And before we go off to promos from the Macho Man and George the Animal Steel and and even Miss Elizabeth, first, I found this very interesting. We get a back-and-forth conversation between Jesse the Body Ventura and Vince McMahon discussing the ramifications of this matchup. Just listen to this.
2: Not who cares for her the most because Macho Man and George the
1: Animal steal. the winner gets Elizabeth. What a prize! Standing by right now, mean Gene Oakland. Ventura says, the winner gets Elizabeth. And Vince responds, What a prize! What a prize, pal. Vince McMahon referring to Elizabeth is nothing more than a prize. Wow, I sure love to win Miss Elizabeth myself. And now it's once again backstage to Mean Gene Oakland, this time standing by with well, he tries to interview Elizabeth, but she's interrupted by the Macho Man.
3: All right, thank you, Vince. With me right yeah. now, the Intercontinental Champion of the World and his manager, the lovely Elizabeth. Elizabeth, we've all seen what happened in a recent main event. Are you fearful that George the Animal Steel might try something
17: tonight? Well, Gene, I am scared. It's just-
7: scared. No, that's uh,
0: you talking to her right there. Scared woman, man. I'm the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. I will
3: prevail,
0: yeah, because Randy- I'm
3: psyched up. Randy, have you ever had more on the line than you have tonight? I mean, your belt's on the line, and also your manager, Elizabeth, although some say she's more than just a manager.
0: Listen, you little duck pin man, I could slap you right now and throw you right
3: through that Saturday night main event right there, yeah. Don't you worry
0: about my relationship with Elizabeth. The important thing is that I'm going to take that hairy bozo out there, George the Animal Steel, put him down and pin him one, two, three, and hurt him real bad. Understand that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Real intense. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Guess what, Elizabeth? Let's go on
3: down that aisle no, right now. No, no, no. no. Wait a minute. Not tonight. Not tonight. Elizabeth enters last. Those are the rules, Randy Savvy. Oh,
11: yeah. Rules. Well, rules are made to be broken, and your neck could be broken.
3: You understand that? No, it's not. Do it. nothing. I'm going to go put him away. All right. Apparently a very nervous Macho Man Randy Savvy's with everything on the line tonight. I can't wait.
1: All right, and I love it there. Macho Man telling Mean Jean, I'll throw you
3: through that Saturday night main event right there. Aha! Uh-huh.
1: Throw you through that Saturday night's main event. He's referring to the sign in the background. I just wrote LOL. Gene trying to ask Miss Elizabeth, are you scared of the outcome here tonight? But Macho Man says she has no reason to be scared. Because he's the Macho Man Randy Savage, uh uh-huh. I like it. Per the usual, Savage tries to order Liz around. Let's go, Liz! Mean Gene reminds him, No, not tonight, Randy Savage. Elizabeth enters last. So Savage to the ring. I see champion Randy Savage to the ring. All by his lonesome. And we cut backstage yet again. Mean Gene Okerlund once again trying to get an interview with the lovely Elizabeth.
3: Elizabeth, uh, you look ravishing. It's going to be a big night for everybody involved. Oh,
17: well, yes, it is, Gene. I'm just worried that somebody might get hurt.
3: Well, that happens in this kind of... Elizabeth! You're grueling, George. Please. Manager! That's right, George. She is the manager of the Intercontinental Champion Macho Man Randy Savage. Manager! That's right. George's manager. Well, not yet, George. You're going to have to win Elizabeth in the match tonight. You understand that? Win? Elizabeth? Bye-bye. Well, I, I hate to say it, Elizabeth, but you could flip a, a coin. Heads, you lose, tails you lose. not a real comfortable situation to be in. Let's go back to you, Vince.
1: All right, Gene gets a few words with Elizabeth there. Before she's interrupted yet again, this time by George the animal steal, Elizabeth's main concern in this match is that somebody might get hurt. Then in comes the animal, Elizabeth manager, points to himself, George's manager. Of course, from there, Mean Jean reminding the animal that he has to win the match here tonight in order to receive Elizabeth as his prize. Then the animal's off to the ring, Bye-bye! Ogreland then telling Liz, you can flip a coin and heads you lose and tails you lose. From there, we saw a very uncomfortable-looking Miss Elizabeth looking down at the floor as the animal heads off to the ring. Both champion and challenger now in the ring, awaiting the arrival of the lovely Elizabeth. But we head backstage yet again for a third time. This time, me and Gene standing by yet one more time with Miss Elizabeth.
3: Well, Elizabeth, a very scary situation you're in tonight. However, the good wishes of an entire nation will head to the ring with you tonight. The best of luck.
18: Thank you, Gene.
3: All right, a very brave and a very lovely woman headed to a uncertain fate. Miss Elizabeth, let's go back to you, Vince.
6: All right, my
10: good ring's Wait on. just a minute, McMahon. Did you see that little bald-headed pervert, Okerlund, looking at Elizabeth when she left? What
13: do He's you a disgrace. That?
0: He is a disgrace to the broadcasting
1: industry. All right, and Gene's saying that good wishes coming from an entire nation tonight. As Liz responds with two simple words. Thanks, Gene. The poor girl. Elizabeth heads off to what Mean Jean calls an uncertain fate. Okerland closes it up saying a very brave. Then he pauses, and if you're wondering what he's doing there, he's actually staring at Elizabeth leaving, looking at her backside. So a very brave and a very lovely woman. As we cut back to ringside, Jesse Ventura even points out calling Gene Oakland a bald-headed pervert. And it is to the ring we've seen the entrance of the IC champion Randy Savage, we've seen the challenger George the Animal Steel, and out third, it's the prize. The winner gets the lovely Elizabeth out to the ring, and Liz outflanked by security as she's forced to climb into a lifeguard's chair as if she was a prize or something. Elizabeth showcased Center ring facing the hard camera on the outside of the floor, sitting in a lifeguard's chair so that she both sticks out for the fans in attendance as well as us at home as a constant reminder to what's at stake here. And as the match gets going, George Steele comes over immediately to speak with Miss Elizabeth, but the Macho Man off the top rope, double axe handle out to the floor onto Steele immediately as the match gets going. And right away, Savage trying to escort Elizabeth away from ringside, either to leave the match or at least to lock her in a closet somewhere. Take your pick. But the Macho Man doesn't get too far. Is halfway up the aisle. The Dragon's music begins to play. Yes, Ricky Steamboat makes his way out into the aisle, blocking Savage from leaving ringside, forcing the Macho Man to back up all the way to the ring and roll back inside. Savage now, with his attention focused on the Dragon, calling for Ricky Steamboat to get in the ring. But what the Macho Man doesn't realize is George the Animal Steel standing right behind him. And the animal attacks the IC champion from behind, mauling the macho man as Elizabeth finally placed in that lifeguard chair. In the middle of his offense, George the Animal Steel randomly decides to snack on a buckle. A little turnbuckle padding, a little stuffing. Sure, why not? And it's at that point with George Steele distracted with his snack of the evening. Randy Savage from behind with a high knee into the back of the animal, sending him hard into the corner. From there, Savage up to the top rope, flying double axe handle back inside, as now the Macho Man begins to work over George Steele. But it doesn't take long for the animal to come back, gouging at the Macho Man's face. At one point, the Macho Man trying for a clothesline, but the animal catches the arm and begins biting, eating at the arm of the Macho Man. And then Steele grabbing Savage by his throat with both hands. Lifting Savage in the air, double-handed chokehold, Steele throws the Macho Man down to the mat. And then it's time for George. Well, it's feeding time again. The animal back to chewing on yet another turnbuckle pad. But this time when Savage comes to attack from behind, George is waiting. Grinding the turnbuckle, stuffing into the face of the macho man. Even tossing some at the referee Dave Heppner as well. Don't get too close, Dave. And the unorthodox animal to the outside of the ring, attempting to assist Miss Elizabeth down from her chair. And now it's the animal who tries to begin walking away from ringside with the lovely Elizabeth. But he's blasted from behind by the Macho Man. Now the two men out on the floor. Down goes Steele as the Macho Man runs back, picks up the lifeguard chair over his head, and drives it down on top of the animal, leaving Steele down on the ground and laying underneath the lifeguard chair, which is uh, somehow legal in this match, apparently. As Dave Hebner continues to make the count, George Steele out on the floor with the lifeguard chair buried on top of him, blatantly used by the Macho Man. However, George the animal steel. Counted out after four minutes and thirty-two seconds of action, as the Macho Man wins the match and presumably gets to keep Elizabeth as a prize. But we're not done yet. Miss Elizabeth disappears from ringside as the animal tosses the lifeguard chair into the ring. Savage comes at him with the Intercontinental title belt, but Steele runs off. The Macho Man keeping the IC title for himself. Steele then drapes the Intercontinental belt over his shoulder as he hugs a poster a consolation prize of sorts, of Miss Elizabeth George Steele holding the IC title, hugging a poster of the lovely Elizabeth. As I wrote, there are so many things wrong with this story, but still cool seeing the animal here with the IC title draped over his shoulder. Should he have ever been champion? Probably not, but it was really cool visual to see George Steele holding a belt. Now, as for the stories being told inside this match... We continue down that steamboat Savage Lane on the road to WrestleMania 3, and George Steele being a part of this made perfect sense. Not only has he been feuding with Macho for seemingly ever at this point himself, but he'll also be in the corner of the Dragon at the pay-per-view. And many would argue sticking the Macho Man in this seemingly endless feud against George the Animal Steel was a detriment to Randy Savage's career, and it probably would be for pretty much anyone else. And don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have seen the Macho Man work some other opponents here. Over the last year on these Saturday Night's Main Events, other than George the Animal Steel for the umpteenth time here, and I got news for you guys, they're not done yet, but truth be told, and I may be in the minority here, but I really enjoyed the Macho Man-George Steel match at WrestleMania 2. I thought Macho did an excellent job with the uh, smoke and mirrors there. The use of the turnbuckle stuffing, and the bouquet of roses, and Randy Savage climbing under the ring and coming out the other side. All of that really good stuff. Was it a Matt Classic? Absolutely not. But for what it was and what Savage had to work with at a Wrestlemania, I really enjoyed it. Again, for what it was. And that's going all the way back to Wrestlemania 2. II, Wrestlemania 3 now upon us. And we're still using this as the lead-in to the next Wrestlemania here, guys. Which says something as a story. So say what you will, the fans seem to enjoy it. To some degree, anyway. Would I have been happy if this storyline had ended back at Wrestlemania 2? Absolutely. But alas, here we are, it's still ongoing. Randy Savage, George the Animal Steel, the Love Triangles, Vince McMahon would call it with Miss Elizabeth. I wouldn't necessarily call it that. And we'll revisit this match at the May edition of Saturday night's main event, but we'll get into that at a later date. For now it's WrestleMania three on the horizon. Ricky's steamboat Randy Savage for the IC title. Savage retains the bell here tonight. He also retains Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a prize. Really? What are we doing here? In mainstream 1987, and as we head into our next commercial break, we see Hulk Hogan in a bumper promo. He's working out with a flex bar. Hogan is a man of few words.
0: Andre Orndoff, Andre Hercules, Andre Volkoff, Andre, Andre,
1: Andre. All right, the Hulkster. What a promo there, Andre Orndoff, Andre Hercules, Andre. Volkov, Andre, Andre, Andre! So Hogan running out of Heenan family members there had to throw Volkov into the mix, mentioning just some of the heels involved in the upcoming Battle Royal, but obviously his main focus, who else but... Andre! And it is upcoming next, the 20-man Battle Royal, and Hulk Hogan sounds focused. Now let's hear from the other side of things. Let's hear from Bobby the Brain Heenan and Andre the Giant.
3: With me right now, Bobby the Brain Heenan and the biggest man in professional sports, Andre the Giant, the king of the Battle Royals. As a matter of fact, he's won more Battle Royals than any other man. And, Andre, apparently you've got a little insurance policy with you tonight in Bobby Heenan. Hey,
10: pal, what do you mean insurance policy? I want to be as close to that ring as I possibly can be, because I'm going to watch this man here, the greatest athlete in sports today, throw Hulk Hogan over that top rope to the cement floor. For three years, Hogan, you have hid from this man. Didn't once offer him a championship match. Now, tonight, I know your strategy. You're going to try to hide behind all those other wrestlers. If he has to walk over every wrestler, throw everyone out single-handedly, he's going to get his hands on you tonight. All right, what about it, Andre?
3: Hogan, I want you. All right, Andre the Giant, the biggest man in wrestling, along with the biggest ego in professional wrestling, Bobby the Brain Heenan.
1: All right, so Andre being sold there is the king of battle royals. He's won more battle royals than any other man in the history of professional wrestling. Bobby the Brain Heenan talks about Hogan going to hide behind the other men, the other 18 men in the battle royal to keep away from Andre the Giant but The Brain promises Andre will win the match and eliminate Hulk Hogan tonight. We close out that promo there. Andre the Giant finally speaks. And if there was ever any doubt in your mind, we learned that Andre wants Hogan. Hogan, I want you. And he's going to get him right now as we head back to the ring. It's time for the 20-man battle royal. Featuring the likes of Sika, the Wild Samoan, Billy Jack Haynes, Outlaw Ron Bass, the Islanders Haku and Tama, The Honky Tonk Man, The Killer Bees Jumpin' Jim Brunzel B. Brian Blair, The Natural Butch Reed, Axe and Smash of Demolition, Hillbilly Jim, Nikolai Volkoff, The Birdman Coco Beware, The Mighty Hercules, Black Jack Mulligan, Leaping Lanny Poffo, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Andre the Giant, and the WWF Champion Hulk Hogan. And naturally, as you might suspect, Hogan and Andre outlast. And away we go. The battle royal begins. And almost immediately, the two big names, Hogan and Andre, begin dumping people left and right in order to try to get to each other. The Hulkster dumping the honky-tonk man out almost immediately as the match gets going. Andre the Giant eliminating Sika with ease. 300-pound Sika tossed out by the Giant with ease. From there, the Giant dumping out Haku. From there, the Giant goes to town on leaping Lanny Poffo cracking his head wide open with a nasty-looking headbutt, then flinging Poffo out over the top rope to the floor. The camera cuts down on Lanny laying on the outside, gushing blood from his forehead, not just showing you how dangerous a battle royal can be, but how dangerous Andre the Giant is, opening up the skull of Lanny Poffo with a nasty headbutt and then tossing him out to the floor, Lanny unable to get up on his own, being stretchered out. And once the coverage of Poffo being carried out is over, it's back to the ring and more eliminations. As Hulk Hogan dips his shoulder and dumps out the outlaw, Ron Bass. Meanwhile, in the corner, Andre breaks the famous claw hold the blackjack mulligan, and dumps out old blackjack. On the other side of the ring, Hulk Hogan eliminates Nikolai Volkov. And not to be outdone, Andre then, sending B, Brian Blair, quote-unquote, back to the hive. Credit to Jesse Ventura for that line. So one of the bees now gone as well. Eight eliminations so far, all from Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. As members of the Heenan family, Hercules and Paul Orndorff finally get a hold of the Hulkster, both men grabbing the champion by an arm, whipping Hulk into the chest of Andre. And we finally get our big showdown. Finally, it's going to happen. With nearly half the field eliminated, Hulk and Andre have a stare down in the middle of the ring. As the fans get ready to explode, the champion unloads with big right hands rocking the giant. But other heels attack Hogan from behind to end that big showdown just as quickly as it started really fun tease though there as we saw Hogan get thrown into the giant we get that epic stare down before Hogan begins unloading on Andre and when the heels sense that Andre may be in trouble they come to his rescue though it doesn't work out too well as Hogan has enough of the Heenan family and immediately dumps Mr. Wonderful Orndorf dude Orndorf excuse me Orndorf eliminated from the match with Hulk just picking him up in a fireman's carry of sorts and carrying him over the ropes, just dumping him out of the ring. So after almost becoming the WWF champion in January, Mr. Wonderful relegated to fodder here in the Battle Royal, very unfortunate, especially knowing what Orndorff went through physically to get to this point. And Hogan dumping Orndorff here was very symbolic. It felt like they were writing this bookend here of the Hogan-Orndorff feud, solidifying that, that it's over and Hogan moving on to bigger things pun intended, in Andre the Giant. But as the Hulkster eliminates Mr. Wonderful as Hogan is busy celebrating eliminating Orndoff, Andre the Giant from behind grabbing the Hulkster by his hair, or what's left of it, and headbutting, driving his head into the back of Hulk's skull, and then flinging Hulk Hogan out of the ring over the top rope, down to the floor, like a piece of shit. Or as Jesse Ventura says, with ease, like he's garbage. And this was so awesome. I posted this clip on social media. Check it out on Twitter and Facebook. It's definitely made the rounds on our Twitter account. Just an absolutely awesome moment for me as a child. Andre the Giant, not only flinging Hulk Hogan out of the ring like a piece of garbage, with ease, mind you, says Jesse the Body Ventura, but to add insult to injury after Andre looks down at Hogan like he's a piece of trash that he just disposed of? The giant makes this absolutely disgusted face at the champion. And then the hand gesture, guys, as if to brush away or or wash his hands of Hulk Hogan, as if he was nothing. You piece of... You piece of slime! Oops, wrong soundbite, but we'll go with that. And of course, per the usual, once he's back on his feet, the sore loser Hogan, he wants back in the ring. But the officials have to hold the Hulkster back as we head into a commercial break. And since Saturday Night's Men event isn't live, we don't miss any action. We cut right back. Hogan is up the aisle. Is Andre still shouting at the champion as he's being ushered away? So it's back to the action in the ring. And I made a note here, very noticeable at this point, Andre the Giant's black back brace sticking out of his singlet. You can get a good shot of the very constricting back brace sticking out of the top of his singlet here. Go check that out. And it's at this point another fun moment, in the match happens. Andre's still directing his attention at Hogan up the aisle when who else but Coco Beware comes to the giant from behind, trying to attack Andre, who knows who sells the shots, and just elbows Coco right in the face without ever even registering the fact that Coco was attacking him. Andre just nudges him right in the face with an elbow like a mosquito. Since Coco Beware flying back, I wrote LOL, really fun visual. As the action continues, we go back to the ring. Jumping, Jim Brunzel launching himself at Andre the Giant, but Andre catches the Killer B and dumps him out over the top rope to the floor. So at this point, Andre the Giant has eliminated seven of the 11 men from this match, Hogan eliminating the other four men. But let's remember of those seven men that Andre has dumped, one of them being the WWF champion, Hulk Hogan. And with now more than half the field gone, they begin to realize, if we want to get rid of Andre the Giant, we're going to have to team up. And so, with nine men remaining in the ring, eight of them gang up on Andre the Giant. It's the Demolition, Hillbilly Jim, Billy Jack Haynes, Butch Reed, Tama of the Islanders, Coco Beware, and yes, even the Heenan family member Hercules. Aiding in the elimination of Andre, it takes eight men to pick the Giant up and oust him out of the match. And with Andre the Giant now eliminated from the match, you could argue that he was still focused on Hulk Hogan Nevertheless, the Giant gone, and this is pretty much anyone's game. Going in, the two favorites, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, they eliminate more than half the field before both men eliminated themselves. And now we're down to eight men, and it's, it's pretty much anyone's game. Who's going to win it? And as the battle goes on, we see Hercules grabbing Tama by the hair with a running launch, flinging the Islander out of the matchup. On the other side of the ring, Hillbilly Jim eliminating acts of demolition. But moments later, it's Smash. Eliminating Hillbilly Jim for a little demos revenge. And pretty impressive, Barry Darso there, Smash of Demolition, picking Hillbilly Jim up over his head, deadlifting him in sort of a backdrop maneuver, getting rid of Hillbilly Jim. Barry Darso showing off his strength here. But the action doesn't stop there as the natural missing a clothesline on Coco Beware, and it's the Birdman drop kicking Butch Reed from behind, sending him out of the match. And then we're down to the final four. It's Billy Jack Haynes, the mighty Hercules, Smash of Demolition, and Coco beware. And as the Birdman trades shots with Hercules, Hernandez finally has enough and eliminates Coco. And at that point, it looks like we're down to a two-on-one Hercules and Smash against Billy Jack Haynes. We see a double-team spot by the heels backfire, and Billy Jack Haynes winds up clotheslining Smash out of the ring. And I made, I made a funny note here, if you actually go back and watch this elimination with Haynes plowing into Smash with that clothesline, from the initial camera angle, it looks almost impossible that Smash went over the top rope based on the way he fell into the ropes. So they magically cut to another angle, and sure enough, Smash goes flying over the top rope to the floor. So again, this being taped, in my opinion, they probably went back and edited this match to make it a fluid elimination here, but nevertheless, Smash gone from the matchup, and it's down to Billy Jack Haynes and the mighty Hercules. And Haynes immediately goes after Hercules, but Bobby Heenan up on the apron to distract Billy Billy Jack. And it's Hercules from behind, dumping Billy Jack Haynes out of the ring. Hercules, the winner of the 20-man battle royal in 11 minutes and 16 seconds. And you had to love the stories here. Hulk Hogan and Andre all day. Their first encounter, for all intents and purposes. And it takes them a bit to come to blows as they have to weed through the competition and take turns tossing guys out of the ring, clearing it out enough to, to hook them up. Shout out to the Cowboy Bill Watts. And of course, the giant busting Lanny Poffo opened what a great visual and showed how dangerous that Andre can be. And then Lanny getting the stretcher job was especially a nice touch as well. Really putting Andre over here is we, we weren't really getting blood by 1987 very much and certainly not on NBC. So this this really stuck out, this spot here between Andre and Lanny Poffo. And Poffo's told that story in some of his interviews since that time that Gorilla Monsoon came to him in the dressing room and, and selected Poffo because he knew he would do the job right. Uh, do you mind doing this for us in this battle royal with Andre the Giant? A lot of people have argued that the it was a shoot headbutt that opened Lanny up. But, but in fact, no, it was Poffo who bladed. I hate to kill kayfabe there, guys, but the story's out by Lanny Poffo. He did blade for this spot, but just a really cool visual and a great way to put over Andre here. And as I also pointed out, Hulk Hogan essentially quote-unquote ends his feud here with Mr. Wonderful by dumping him out of the match before getting back jumped by Andre and disposed of like a sack of garbage. And honestly, the dominant way that Andre held Hogan in his hands, dropping that head button in the back of his skull, flinging him out, and then brushing him off as if he was nothing. You have to imagine that had a lot of fans questioning if Hogan could actually beat a man this dominant. And I have to go back to Andre and the brush off, not just the elimination with the ease of which he tossed the champion out of the match. I love that growing up, but, but me and my cousin crystal, we, this is one of the few Saturday night's men events that I had at my disposal on videotape at the time. And we love that spot so much, the Andre brush off where he just throws his hands up at Hulk Hogan. We would actually go back and rewind it and play it multiple times and have a big laugh. We did that countless times. Just great stuff here leading into WrestleMania 3. Very well done, the Hogan and Andre storyline. But let's not forget on the back end, the Heenan family still win the Battle Royal. Hercules dumping his rival, Billy Jack Haynes from behind to sneak away the winner. So we get a little more of the Haynes-Hercules play and even the little things in the match like Coco Beware eliminating Butch Reed here. Those two also meeting at WrestleMania 3. Everything just so well executed. It feels like the WWF can do no wrong. At this point in time. And although eliminated from the matchup. We head backstage as we hear. From a very proud Andre the Giant.
2: Along with the one and the only.
3: Andre the Giant. I cannot believe that spectacular. Battle Royal Hercules coming up the winner. Andre the Giant. Your thoughts on it all. I have two things to say.
5: It take eight wrestlers to get Andre the Giant out of the ring. I takes only one Giant. To get Art Organ out of the ring.
3: Now, wait a minute, Andre. I'm going to take we exception. We did it, Bobby we did and- it.
10: We won the battle royal. We did it, Andre. I told you I was going to do it. I told you I was going to do it, and we did it. You know what amazed me out there? Like he says, eight, eight of the toughest wrestlers on earth to get him out of the ring. One giant, one giant took Hulk Hogan, through that 300 and some pound big pile of blonde garbage out of that ring to the cement floor. The whole match, from the start of the match, So the time he was ejected, Hogan hid, and you hid well, dummy, you hid behind every tough man in the world, but he walked through them all, he waded through that mass of humanity, and when he put his hands on your busted up carcass, you went out of there, your ETA was about four seconds, and like I said, this man, 15 years undefeated, is going to remain undefeated and by god he is going to become the next heavyweight champion of the world let's go what is
3: he effort i guess you'll have to say for bobby heenan andre the giant i thank you very much vince
1: i don't know what i could tell you back to you all right the giant saying that it took eight men to eliminate him and it took only one andre to eliminate hulk hogan i love that line there bobby heenan then comes in celebrating the heenan family winning the battle royal and then the brain pointing out the obvious how Andre destroyed half of the ring, eliminating nearly half of the superstars involved before also eliminating the WWF champion. As Heenan once again reminds us, or at least prophesizes, that we are looking at the next WWF champion in Andre the Giant in just two weeks' time. And before we move on with the show, we get once again an awesome replay of Andre eliminating the Hulkster from the Battle Royal. We get the Hand gesture, the brush off, if you will, as well. Got to include that. And then it's right backstage again. Mean Gene standing by with Jake the Snake Roberts.
3: I've got to agree with you, Vince McMahon, an incredible battle royal. But back to the matters at hand, Jake the Roberts, hands, huh?
4: I'll tell you something. Everybody knows I'm facing 400 pounds of real pork in King Kong Bundy. But I'll tell you something. Damien and I have timed his cycle where he's really hungry. And he's really hungry tonight, Mean Gene. We're ready for Bundy. It's gonna be a little bit different. (laughs) I like being different.
3: You know, Jake Roberts, what about that 400-plus pounds of King Kong Bundy? He could leave Damien feeling a little flat, so to speak. Oh, come
4: on. You know better than that, Gene. Damien and I will always be on top. That's the way it is. That's the way it always will be. And for now, (laughs) it's time for Damien and I to go satisfy our hunger.
3: A fearsome twosome. Back to you, Vince.
1: All right, and the Snake Man proclaiming that Damien is hungry as Robert's getting ready to take on what he refers to as 400 pounds of real pork in King Kong Bundy. Jake says it's time for he and Damien to feast as they head to the ring. But first, we head into a commercial break, and it's a bumper promo featuring Jimmy Hart and the Hart Foundation.
5: It's my first time. Is it your first time? It's my first time. Is it your first time? It's my first time.
13: It's
1: It's our first time. time. Well, apparently it's everyone's first time. The WWF tag titles on the line later tonight, but right now back to the ring, Jake the Snake Roberts taking on King Kong Bundy and Bobby the Brain Heenan right back ringside as the Legion of Doom explodes here. You might be asking what I'm referring to Back in Georgia Championship Wrestling, Paul Ellering had a stable, including the Road Warriors at one point, but also Jake the Snake Roberts and King Kong Bundy were also parts of this stable, which was referred to as the Legion of Doom. So it wasn't just the name given to Hawk and Animal when they arrived in the WWF in 1990. No, the Legion of Doom goes back to the early 80s in Georgia Championship Wrestling. You learn something new every day. On commentary, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura discussed Damian... What if he'd swallow King Kong Bundy? What a lump that would look like in the stomach of the snake. A lump indeed. As the match gets going, Jake outquicks and outsmarts Bundy early, but King Kong finally gets the advantage, pinning Jake down to the mat with a test of strength. Roberts eventually kicks his way free of the test of strength, but Bundy settles in for a front face lock to wear down the snake. However, King Kong, making the mistake of telegraphing a backdrop, Jake countering with a nice knee lift here and a series of jabs drops the big Bundy down to the mat. Jake has Bundy off his feet. As Roberts goes to the corner, he goes for Damien, but Bundy attacks from behind, allowing Bobby Heenan to grab hold of the snake bag and carry it away from ringside. Jake the snake then laying chase to Bobby Heenan up the aisle, trying to get Damien back as we head into a commercial break. Then back from break, we see Jake carrying Damien back to ringside. Bobby Heenan now missing in action, as it appears Bundy may have to go it alone for the rest of this encounter. And as the action picks back up, it is King Kong with a nice clothesline and a pair of shoulder tackles, each one sending the snake down to the mat, but Jake slowly keeps getting back to his feet. Bundy charges yet again, but the snake man sidesteps, and it's King Kong Bundy into the corner buckle, and both men down to the mat, as it's time for Jake to make the big comeback. Roberts lays in another series of jabs and a clothesline. Drops Bundy down to the mat. Roberts once again going for Damien as this referee tries to stop him. Jake getting sick of the official. Knees him in the gut, causing the random disqualification on Jake the Snake. Roberts, King Kong Bundy going to get the win here in about 6 minutes and 13 seconds of action after Jake lays a knee into the midsection of the referee. Post-match, Bundy comes after Jake, but the snake, holding his own, fighting right back until the referee gets in between the two, allowing Bundy to scoop Jake up and slam him down to the mat. Bundy off the ropes, leaps high into the air with a big elbow, but the snake out of the way and Bundy misses. And now it's Roberts up first, waiting for Bundy to get to his feet. Yes, it is DDT! Jake the snake lands the DDT on King Kong Bundy, although to be fair... Bunny goes down a little slow, and thus Jake slips off of him, but not trying to nitpick here. It is the DDT on King Kong Bundy, leaving him flat on his face on the mat. As for the umpteenth time now, Jake the Snake Roberts going for his bag, going for Damien, but Bobby Heenan finally returns to ringside, awaking King Kong Bundy and getting him out of the ring just in the nick of time. And with Damien out of the bag, Jake tries to lunge at King Kong Bundy, but he finds himself tripped up from behind. This damn referee grabs Jake the Snake by his ankles and trips him up, causing him to fall on the mat. Bundy and Heenan escape. And if you're wondering, no, this referee is not Danny Davis. I have no idea who this fucking ref is, but I wrote suspend this motherfucker for life too. Seriously, guys, what the fuck? This referee is all over Jake the Snake Roberts. So instead of getting Bundy, Jake tosses Damien onto the referee instead, and finally this referee bails from the ring. As a reminder, Jake the Snake was disqualified here. King Kong Bundy going to pick up the actual win. So while Bundy didn't quite job here, Jake clearly the focal point, as he is after all the freshly turned babyface, heading into WrestleMania 3 to take on the Honky Tonk Man, while Bundy working that six-man undercard comedy spot at the pay-per-view. Should also note, we recently saw Bundy do the job to Hulk Hogan, taking the 1-2-3 pinfall on an episode of Primetime Wrestling. And no, it's not embarrassing to lose to the champion. But you have to remember, this was an era where guys were protected on TV. If you were any kind of a name, you likely weren't going to be doing a job on television. But of course, we need to get Hogan over for Andre the Giant, so why not have him beat another member of the Heenan family, especially 400-plus-pound former main eventer himself, King Kong Bundy. Oh, but Bundy, oh Bundy, we've come a long way from WrestleMania II. But the show goes on. Up next, it's going to be Tag Team Champions Heart Foundation in what they call their first title defense, taking on the makeshift team of Tito Santana and Danny Spivey.
3: Well, gentlemen, we've all seen how you won the World Tag Team Championship belts. The consensus is that if it wouldn't been for Danny Davis, the now suspended for life referee, the British Bulldogs would still
5: be tag team champions. Tonight's our first title to defense, and to avoid all problems at ringside, including bad referees and outside interference, we're instituting a new policy of an official observer at ringside. And tonight, our official observer is going to be Danny Davis. You have got to be kidding me. This is a new low even for your
3: man, excuse me, Danny Davis. What, what qualifies you to be an official observer?
9: My proven impartiality in no! the
3: <laughs> Oh, you've got to be kidding. This is an absolute assault on the integrity of this great sport. I can't believe it.
1: All right, and that doesn't seem to bode well for Santana and Spivey. We learned that Danny Davis, former referee Danny Davis, now a member of the Hart Foundation, announced as the quote-unquote official observer. For the upcoming tag team title match. So Danny Davis going to be at ringside. Tito and Spivey going to have to keep their eyes open. As we head into another commercial break. Here's another bumper promo, this time from the dragon. All right. And it appears Ricky Steamboat going to be breathing fire tonight. So we get the Hogan one. Andre on off. Andre, Andre, Andre. We get the hearts talking about. It's my first time. Was it your first time? And now Steamboat talking about breathing fire. Because he is the dragon after all. So you have to wonder at this point, these bumper promos, they have to be cheesy on purpose, right? One would have to think. And it's back to the ring for the tag team champion Hart Foundation, accompanied to the ring by manager Jimmy Hart and the official observer, no, not Dave Meltzer, but rather Danny Davis. And they'll be defending their titles against the makeshift team of Tito Santana and Dan Spivey. And you'd have to imagine this would likely had to have been the US Express, I would presume. But with Mike Rotunda now gone from the company, it's the Mex-Am connection. And you might be wondering, you might be asking me, Ray, how did Tito Santana and Dan Spivey land themselves a tag team title shot? In fact, the Hart Foundation's first title defense, no less. Well, to that I say, it's wrestling, guys. Why ask why? And as the match gets going, the big anvil drops Spivey to the mat early on, but Danny reverses a whip and sends the anvil into the boot of the hitman in the corner. Then from there, it's Santana and Spivey with quick tags to work over the Hitman until Neidhart finally tags back in. He drops Spivey across the top rope, and the Hart Foundation finally take control. The Hitman lands a nice-looking backbreaker, and then the Anvil with an assisted slingshot splash over the top rope into the ring on Spivey gets a two-count beautiful move there, stealing a page out of the Can-Am connection. The Hart's double-teaming Spivey lures Tito Santana into the ring, which leads to even more illegal double-teaming behind the referee Joey Morella's back. However, finally, Spivey makes the tag out, but the anvil distracts referee Morella, who misses the tag and forces Tito back to the apron. The anvil out on the apron, holding Spivey from behind as Bret Hart comes rushing with a high knee, but Spivey out of the way, and Bret Hart blasts Neidhart with the high knee instead, sending him off the apron. And finally, it's hot tag time to Tito Santana. Arriba! Bret Hart takes the big Irish whip chest bump hard into the corner. The anvil back up on the apron, but not for long. Tito Santana, flying forearm, sends the anvil back to the outside. And then a shot for Danny Davis as well, jumping up onto the apron. Tito Santana, a one-man wrecking crew right now. And now it's time yet to get a flying forearm. From Tito Santana to the hitman, Bret Hart. But instead of going for the cover, Tito cinching in the figure for leg lock on the hitman but Joey Morella distracted yet again by Dan Spivey and the anvil fighting in the corner. So Danny Davis sneaks in from behind with the megaphone and blasts it across the top of the head of Santana, allowing Bret Hart to crawl over and cover Tito, stealing the win. The Hart Foundation retain the titles in five minutes and 29 seconds. Basic match, but good heel tag teaming. One-on-one here by the Hart Foundation. And Danny Davis gets some more heat heading into the six-man tag versus Tito at WrestleMania. As for Danny Spivey, Tito's partner here, he's already been working on a plethora of previous injuries to his knees and back. With Rotunda gone, Dan will basically disappear from TV and suffer yet another major knee injury in just a few days after this show airs. So this is essentially the end of Dan Spivey yet again in the WWF. Now Spivey will return in September, eventually turning heel, but never really used much on TV. We'll get to that down the line. The Hire Foundation is successful in their first title defense over Tito Santana and Dan Spivey. Tito will see all three of these men again, the Hearts and Davis at WrestleMania three. The show rolls on. We've got one more match in the bag for you. This time it's the Dragon, Ricky Simo, prepared to take on the Iron Sheik. Let's hear from the Dragon.
3: All right, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat tonight, it's the Iron Sheik. He's a former tag team champion, a former heavyweight champion. And in light of your injury late last year at the hands of macho man Randy Savage, when you sustained a crush Lernix, I just wonder, are you 100%? Are you ready for this big of a test?
8: I'm ready. I'm 100%. It's something that I have to think about, me and Gene, every time I climb into the ring. Every single wrestler around the world is going through my throat. They know that's the weak point on this dragon's body. But every night I breathe fire, and every night this fire gets hotter
1: and hotter and hotter. All right, the
3: dragon is breathing fire, and he's ready for the Iron Sheik. Ricky, good luck. Let's go back to the ring.
1: All right, and the steamer promising everyone that he is indeed 100%, but he knows that everyone is gunning for his throat. Stebo going to have to look out, protect his throat and larynx. While trying to win his upcoming match against the Iron Sheik, we head into our final commercial before the match. It's another bumper promo as we learn that the Hot Rod Roddy Piper will be marching in later here on Saturday night's main event. And then back from break, it's time for our final contest. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on the Iron Sheik, the Doctor of Style Slick, in his corner. But before the match can begin, it's Randy Savage, the Macho Man, out in street clothes, jumping up onto the apron, arguing with the Dragon. The Macho Man trying to get in the ring, but he's forced to leave by the officials instead of going backstage, the Macho Man hops over the guardrail and joins commentary with Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. Very cool, very awesome, very different for the time. Vince and Randy Savage in the same booth? Feels like the 1990s, only a whole lot better. Now, Randy Savage and Ventura in the same booth? That would have been awesome on a full-time basis. I, I can only imagine. His steamboat still distracted by the Macho Man. Shiki Baby attacks the dragon from behind pitches him over the top rope, but the dragon skins the cat right back in and delivers a back suplex, followed by some karate poses for the fans. The Sheik down to his knees, bowing and praying to the Ayatollah, or some shit. But the Iron Sheik proving here in 87 he can still move, Bubba, because he busts out a leapfrog, but turns right into more steamboat offense, the dragon maintaining control, the Iron Sheik finally dragging Steamboat to the outside on the floor and sending him into the steps. Then from there, the Iron Sheik suplexing the dragon back into the ring for a two count. Sheik then locks in the abdominal stretch, but Steamboat counters with a hip lock. And a body slam plants the Sheik as Steamboat goes to the top rope off the top with a flying karate chop to the cranium of the Iron Sheik and Ricky Steamboat with a pretty easy win here. In three minutes and 26 seconds, Savage is irate at the commentary booth, removing his jacket and pointing at Steamboat, even picking up the swivel chair he was sitting in threatening to throw at 100 feet, and I bet he could, when provoked. Meanwhile, back at ringside, Steamboat inviting the Macho Man back to the ring, but Savage stays on the announce stage. The Dragon tries to hop the rail himself and go after the Macho Man, but he's being held back by officials as the crowd is going absolutely nuts for this. This feud is red hot for WrestleMania. These two guys want at each other in a bad way, and the crowd clearly wants to see it happen. And before we close out this edition of Saturday Night's Men Event, we close the show with two promos. First, we're going to go back and we're going to hear from the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. I'm sure he's going to talk about WrestleMania 3, and he's certainly going to have to discuss what just took place in that battle royal. Let's go listen to the Hulkster.
3: All right, with me at this time, the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Hulk, earlier on, we spoke with Bobby Heenan and Andre the Giant. Heenan stating that Andre would remain undefeated. And that the next time we saw him, he would indeed be the heavyweight champion of the world. Your reaction? Well, you know, you don't
0: become champion of the world by doing things halfway, Andre. You don't stab friends in the back. You don't stab generations of little holsters in the back. You don't throw people with a top rope from behind, man. That's only halfway. What has it been with you, man? Has your whole life been a lie? Fifteen years undefeated? Did you cheat every single time you got your hand raised, man? But we were in that battle royal, man. I got a chance to test you. I got a chance to feel the 15 years of undefeated obesity, man. I can handle it, brother. It's all the spark I needed to face you in that one-on-one confrontation.
3: You know, Hulk Hogan, when the two of you locked up in that battle royal, it was like an explosion. It was like a collision at 100 miles an hour.
0: Well, you know, now that I know where he's coming from, now that the whole world knows what he's all about, the next time, Andre, you and I lock up, not only will you feel Hulkamania, not only will you feel the 24-inch pythons, the psych, the thousands, the millions of Hulkamaniacs, the big brother upstairs on my side, I'm going to steal all the power I can, man, because you've got to play this one straight, man. To be the world's champion, you got to beat me face-to-face, you got to put me on my back, brother. And when you're on top of that mountain, when you feel the real power of Hulkamania, don't slip and fall, brother, because it's a long way
3: down. All right, still to come the ultimate confrontation, Vince McMahon, let's go back to you. Whoa,
1: what a psych on Hulk Hogan. All right, so Hogan's saying, you don't dump people from behind to become a champion, man. Apparently, you don't dump people from behind in a battle royal. You have to do it to their face. I wonder if we go back to the battle royal, see how many people Hulk Hogan dumped from behind. Hogan also asking, has Andre's entire career been a lie? Did he cheat the entire way and we didn't realize it, brother? Hulk then taking a cheap shot there, saying that he got a taste of 15 years of undefeated obesity in the Battle Royal. Wow, and he wonders why he was fearing Andre walking into WrestleMania 3. Hogan then said the next time they lock up, Andre has to beat him face to face. Now that is true, I questioned some of the lines here by Hulk Hogan, but uh, wow, 15 years of undefeated obesity. That one really caught me off guard. Didn't remember that. And lastly, we close out this edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. me and Gene Okerlund standing by with Rowdy Roddy Piper as we hear from the retiring hot rod one more time.
3: By the time the next main event rolls around here in May, there is one gentleman who will no longer be with us. As probably everybody knows by now, he has announced his retirement after WrestleMania three. He is one of a kind. A man that is actually hanging it up at the very peak of his career. Very much, if I can pay this tribute to you, like the late, great Rocky Marciano, who quit as the heavyweight champion of the world.
6: Well, it's quite a tribute. that's a pretty nice company. I'm not pushing up daisies yet, Gene. I just... Uh made a transfer you know i'm the kind of guy i guess i said i'm real proud of my sport that's the first thing i want to say for 16 years probably kept me out of jail when i was a kid and the wwf has done more for me than uh anything in the world but i've made a decision i'm in the peak of course i'm in the peak of my career but i'm going to hollywood and i'm going out man i'm going to give it 110 percent uh anytime i ever fought i gave 110 percent and sometimes you guys are chucking eggs at me and and sometimes uh Sometimes you weren't. Sometimes you're chucking roses. It didn't matter to me. I, I give 110% then, and, and I give 110% at anything I do, and, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to give it a try, man. I'm kind of a gutsy guy. We're, uh, we're proud of
3: you, Roddy. Very thanks. proud of you.
6: Thanks. I try hard.
3: And speaking of proud, we've put a tribute together for you and, of course, for your fans all over the world to Frank Sinatra's My Way. And goodness huh. knows you did it your way, Roddy Piper.
1: All right, and Gene there comparing Roddy Piper to leaving on top, like boxing champion Rocky Marciano. Piper says he gave it 110% no matter whether the fans were throwing eggs at him or throwing roses at him. He always gave it his all. Roddy headed off to Hollywood says he's going to give it a try because he's a gutsy guy. And then we close out the promo. Mean Gene throwing it to a tribute video, a really well-done tribute video to Rowdy Roddy Piper. It was actually set to the tune of Frank Sinatra's My Way. And of course, on the network, the Peacock version, we, we get some sort of a generic theme played over top of the Roddy Piper video. It doesn't really have the same emotion behind it because of that. And so I encourage anyone who can to go out and, and check out, if you can find, the original version of Saturday Night's Main Event and the Roddy Piper My Way video. Very cool stuff to close out this edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. Lots of matches, and then at the very end, a special goodbye tribute to Rowdy Roddy Piper there. And talk about a great hype job for WrestleMania three on national TV, no less. And they delivered on wrestling without making it too promo heavy. Well, actually, now that I think about it, there were a lot of promos here, but the action was there. And that really kept the show moving. And when in doubt, a battle royal, always a great spectacle back then. We saw big features here on Hogan and Andre, as well as Steamboat and Savage. All four of these men, both of these matches at WrestleMania Heavily featured here on Saturday Night's Main Event, they knew what they were doing, plus a send-off for Roddy Piper as he heads into WrestleMania to take on Adrian Adonis in his farewell match. Saturday Night's Main Event will return, we learn, on May the 2nd, so we won't have to wait too, too long before we're back in business with the Main Event. And this, the March 14th edition of Saturday Night's Main Event, drew a 10.9 rating and a 30 share on the Overnights. But the final ratings for the March 14th edition of Saturday Night's Main Event were the even bigger story here. Listen to this, guys. The final ratings, an incredible 11.6 rating and a 33 share, which at that time made it the second most watched TV show in that time slot in the history of television. Not the history of wrestling, in the history of television. And when I say second most watched, I'm using that in terms of the actual ratings point. However, more people have TVs here in 1987. So in terms of actual viewers, this episode of Saturday Night's Main Event was the most watched show in this time slot of any kind ever when it aired here back in March of 87. Unbelievable. And to break that down, the 11.6 rating means that nearly 12% of people with TV sets we're watching Saturday night's main event. And that 33 share we were talking about, that means that one-third of everyone who had their TV sets on at this time were watching Saturday night's main event. Absolutely crazy. One in every three households that were watching TV in this time slot had it on the WWF. I guess you could call this a successful edition of Saturday night's main event leading into WrestleMania three. Also another success, You have to think this show here maybe played a little bit into that. Just wow. And it doesn't stop there. We just keep things moving here on The Grenade, headed in the direction of WrestleMania 3. We covered the March WWF news, last-minute Mania news. We looked at the house show and TV tapering results here in March of 87. And we saved the best for last, covering Saturday night's main event. But next week, we continue on that road to WrestleMania, as we begin to tackle March TV. Here in 1987 for the WWF, the final build to the big event just a few weeks away. Promotional consideration paid for by the following...
6: Big match at my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got Junkyard dog.
5: It's World
7: Wrestling Federation Superstars.
6: I've got Brutus <laughs> Beefcake. Here's George <laughs> the and Steel. I've got Great Hammer <laughs> <laughs> Valentine. Ricky the Dragon of Steel. Yeah. They're so real. And Rowdy Roddy Piper. Can you tell the difference? No! no. no. Yeah. Wrestling Superstars. They're no. for real. Each sold separately from LJN.
13: Yeah!
1: All right, I want to thank you guys so very much again for being here as part of The Grenade. Thank you to all of my loyal listeners who have stuck with us through thick and thin. More March goodness here in the WWF on the way next week here on The Grenade. I want to thank you for your patience last week. I hope you guys enjoyed some of our Patreon watch-along series. Some of those uh, we've made freebies over last weekend as part of Grenade episodes 66, 67, and 68. Hope you guys really enjoyed those. And if you did enjoy those, there's plenty more where that came from over at our Patreon account part of the $5 all-access tier at patreon.com slash that's Russell C-O-P-I-A, a dozen tiers to choose from, but all you got to do is drop $5 for the all-access tier. It'll get you the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, as well as early access to many of the podcasts, all of our insanely detailed show notes, digital downloads for your reading and viewing pleasure, and so much more. And remember, guys, no subscription, cancel anytime. Give it a go for a month. I think you'll like the content we produce. And just a reminder, every penny you donate goes right back into the podcast network. So please help us keep the shows up and running for the years to come. Once again, I am your host, Ray Russell. You can follow me on Twitter at Rassling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also follow and like us on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And we're even on YouTube. Our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Pretty easy to find us, no? And that'll wrap it up this week. I hope you guys really enjoyed the news for March of 87. We took a look at all of the house show results. Hey, we even did the deep dive into Missy's Manor, well, as deep as we could go. I'm sure I'm leaving a joke somewhere on the floor there. And of course, the March 14th edition. What a fun episode that was of Saturday night's main event. But the journey continues to WrestleMania 3, and that includes all of March TV, which we begin next week here on The Grenade. It's the final build on the final leg on the road to WrestleMania. We'll be seeing the syndicated TV debut of Ho Hexaw Jim Duggan, as well as the final few editions of Piper's Pit. And the build continues for so many matches leading into the big pay-per-view. All of that and sound bites galore. My god, I can't wait to get to the primetime sound bites next week. So until next week, and I do invite you guys back, please tell your friends, it's your word of mouth that has really helped the grenade grow. Really helped the WrestleCopia Podcast Network grow. Those retweets and likes and responses, word of mouth, you guys have no idea how much that really helps us grow. And I want to thank you guys so very much again for that. So until next week, this is Ray Russell saying from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and we'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. See you next week. Don't miss it. Be there.
4: And I got something for him too. Something what? long and something what? hard.
13: It'll come out of a bag. Oh, the snake, yeah, the snake. The snake.